powered from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Drew Estate Studios in California. It's episode 235 of the Primetime Show. Tonight, we welcome back Eddie Guerra from Davidoff of Geneva. And as always, the Primetime Show is sponsored by Saga Cigars. De Los Reyes introduced another chapter of the saga, Saga Celez. Celez is a Spanish word that means leisure after work in the spirit of the standing ideal of owning your own journey and making your own saga. Saga Celez is the perfect companion to enrich those moments of choice, making them truly yours. Saga Celez carries a blend of Criollo Oro and Peloto Cubano wrapped in a selected Ecuador Chi Claro wrapper that generously delivers with elegance a surprisingly rich and balanced smoke. It's available on a three size at an affordable price. Ask your retailer for Saga Celez. And by Perdomo Cigars, Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobaccos that have been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sunburn, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combine these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigar is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo State Selection Vintage, the Perdomo Double H 12-Year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary Line, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrel-Aged, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo 17, and many more. For great tasting modes and pairing information, check out the new Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And by Aganorsa Leaf, great leaf makes great cigars. Aganorsa Leaf stands out because of the distinctive flavor of their Carro 99 and Criollo 98 seeds cultivated by Cuban agronomists on the best lands in Jalapa and Esteli, Nicaragua. When you smoke one of their JFR, JFR Lunatic, Guardian of the Farm or Casa Fernandez cigars, you will experience the unique taste and aroma that makes Aganorsa Leaf special. Smoke one today and enjoy the signature flavor of Aganorsa Leaf. And finally, by Drew Estate. Check out and download the Drew Diplomat app for your mobile device. Keep up with everything going on Drew Estate. Experience the subculture that is the rebirth of cigars. It's available on iTunes or Google Play. For more information, check out www.drewdiplomat.com. And as always, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of Shows is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate, as well as the California Studios for the Primetime Show. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime, episode 235. Today is Thursday, July 21st, 2022. This is Will Cooper. I am back in the Perdomo Cigar Studios here on the Black Stage. And um, joined by my partner in crime out in California at the Drew Estate Studios, Mr. Aaron Loomis. How you doing tonight, Will? I'm doing good. I know um, we had a big show Monday night on the DP side. Yeah. But we're back in the saddle here. It seems like it's been a, it has been a while. I know. Yeah, it's been like three weeks, four weeks of that. Well, yeah. I mean, we had a couple weeks off. Then we did those the special shows, which kind right. of are, take us off the rhythm. So really, I, I don't think we've really done like a regular interview type show since going back to Scott Pierce back in early June. Yeah. So, so it, it has been a long time for sure. Um, but it, it is good to be back. Um, and like I said, it was a great show the other night, by the way. Um, I think it was one of the more unique uh, perspectives. Just being able to have like, I know we do these media recaps, but, you know, you brought in retailer 
and manufacture into it, which I think adds a, a dynamic that that no one's touched at all. Yeah, it's nice to get those different point of views to get a feel for things rather than just all from one side. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it was it was a lot of fun. Um, and then I in our last segment we have a little PCA we'll do, and, and that will wrap it as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as far as that goes, um, and then we will uh, we will move on to bigger and bigger things and hopefully better things. Um, but uh, no, it's good. Um, and then baseball came back today as well. Yes, well, a little bit. Well, I don't. I, yeah, I don't. I'm just, the scheduling just has me completely. They I'm, give them I'm, an extra day, and then they give a slowly start back up. It's just like this whole thing. I don't know. Yeah, and it, and it, like they started the season late with the whole you know lockout. lockout so yeah. I'm, I'm I'm completely perplexed here, um, and it's gonna be interesting to see what the Phillies do right now, and and a lot of other teams obviously. But I'm really. Well, I don't know what the Phillies do if they buy or sell stuff. It's going to be, I think they're going to try to buy for sure, but it will be interesting yeah. as the next week comes uh, for sure. Yep. Um, so, but yeah, so it's all good. Um, but let's kind of get into uh, things tonight. Um, and we're going to be welcoming back someone. He's been on the show before, but I think this is the first time we've had him on since he's joined Davidoff. So it's been, a, it's been almost three years probably since we had him on. A uh, good friend of ours, uh, and always a pleasure to talk to, Mr. Eddie Guerra of Davidoff of Geneva. Eddie, welcome back to Primetime. Thank you very much, Coop. Uh, very nice to, to finally be back on. Um, yeah, it's been a minute, and it's and it's been quite a ride the past few years. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we had. I remember we had you on. I think it was 2019. You were still with Altidus. Um, yep. and I don't think we've, I don't, I know we haven't had you on since Davidoff and it's been a long time. Um, and like I said, it's great to have you back. I think I've interviewed you with all the companies you've been with, which is, but now we're going to be doing Davidoff tonight, which is really great. So yeah, yeah. The, the three, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. But no, it's the third time's a charm they say. Um, yes. but for, you know, first, uh, you know, again, I, I was congratulating you before the show. I want to congratulate you again on, on, on the wedding. Um, thank you. Yeah. So, you. Uh, well done. Uh, welcome to the world of, of married life. <laughs> I, I, yeah, man, I, um, as everyone say, it took long enough. I've waited 41 years, but I have arrived to the party, yeah. I guess, yeah. as they say, but you know, I just wanted to do it right and take my time and, and here we are. And I'm super stoked. I'm super happy. Uh, it's, it's just been great. So Wow, forty! You look a lot younger than forty-one. So <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, my, my liver doesn't feel that way. But <laughs> so, so, you're, so yeah. Just you know, Eddie, I got married when you were nine years old. You you were running around the backyard at nine years old when I got married. So wow! All <laughs> yeah, right, thirty-two well, years. So yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, uh, so no, it it is uh, it's great, but um. But no, it's great to have you back. Uh, hopefully, you know the the summer's gotten off to a good start for you. It it has. It, it's man, you know, uh, it's been kind of a busy and and crazy. I guess it's always busy and crazy. You know, it's kind of hard to say that's been a crazy year, but it really always is a crazy year because as you know, uh, everything's always evolving and changing, and along with that, so does our industry and and all of our projects and everything that we do. So. Uh, I do feel like it's getting a, um, a little crazier at the moment because we just spent the last two years of trying to uh, get together digitally, right? Because we had to not be around each other. And um, now we're just back into the road, kind of making up for all of that and still trying to keep a piece of the digital component. Uh, 
So it's as, as a year, it's just, it's been monstrous and, and busy and, and hectic. And at the same time, really cool to kind of catch up with everybody and see people face to face again. And it's, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, were so. you at TP? Were you at the TPE this year or no? I was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, I, well, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, that's why I was like, yeah, I was just wondering. Wait, I would have there, there was two this year, right? There was one, no. there was one last May and there was one in January. Okay. Yeah. So I caught the May one. I was not at the January one because I would like to, where was I? I was somewhere. Oh yeah. I was at, um, I believe it was during the time of art Basel in Miami. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, and I, uh, that, that I kind of missed it. And since I was just there in May, you know, being there in May was, was really cool. Uh, it, it was really such a, a heartwarming moment to kind of run into everybody and get together with everyone. And it was like, oh, man, I've missed this. It's been a while. Sure. And, uh, you know, when it came time to go around, like I had the option, do I send team members over there? And I go like, you know, two birds, one stone, all that kind of yeah. stuff, divide and conquer. Yeah. So no, I no, missed it. No, totally. Uh, Eddie, for folks who may not know, um, what is your role at Davidoff? Um, a bit of everything. Of uh, Officially on title, I am the senior brand manager. So I manage all the brands for, for, for Davidoff in, in America. And so that is that could mean many things. Um, but uh, I manage Davidoff, Avo, and Camacho, um, Zeno, Nicaragua, which has recently been released and that is everything from campaign creation, execution, product development, um, which is always a blast and really fun. But at the same time, it's a bit of a challenge as, as we work on a three year innovation schedule. So we're, you know, what we work on now gets released in three years and sure. there's, there's a lot to take into consideration. Um, and it's, it's, it was a, a lot of learning for me. Um, I was so accustomed to developing in my prior gigs, and it can be out in six to eight months because you're worried about the United States. So um, truthfully, now it's anything we do, even campaign creation, anything that we do, we, we have to take into consideration, you know, all the countries around the world, are yeah. they being released at the same time? And because I can release something here in six months, I mean, it might take somebody to six months to get an import license in another country. Uh, there's different descriptors that you could use. That means different packaging. Like, for example, in other countries, you can't say barrel aging. It's, it's illegal. So it's just it's a, a whole new process um, that has been um, incredible to learn. And, you know, there's been a lot of growth there. And it, it's it's just it's been fun because it's, you know, wearing multiple hats not in just position, but with brands as well. And mm -hmm. um, it's been a lot. I could talk about this for years. Oh, no, this is good. So the question I have, and this is when, when there's an innovation concept that happens, does right. it, does it start on the U S end or does it start in Switzerland? How does, how does that work? That, that's a good question. So it depends on the brand. Um, I'd say for, for Davidoff, it mostly uh, comes out of, of global headquarters in, in Switzerland mm -hmm. um, when it comes to product. Though, I mean, we are involved as well, but it gets birthed over there. 
as a largest market, we clearly have to get involved. Um, right. But what, what we do um, is we create the, and particularly my specific job is creating how it comes to market inside the United States and, and the, the activation piece and, and how we, you see us in the market, right? So mm-hmm. like, yeah. how do we do events? And, and that is um, something that we take a lot of pride in because as Davidoff, we don't do what you would typically find in, in your brick and mortar as a, you know, buy three cigars, get one. Like we don't, right, right. we don't participate in any of that. We create experiences for people. Um, so it, it's, it's, there's a lot of strategy, a lot of campaign work. Now, when it comes to Avo and Camacho, um, that is led via the U.S. Um, where the lion's share of the business is. So that is, you know, like, for example, Factory Unleashed, that was, you know, where Factory Unleashed happened as a product because I was supposed to go to Honduras and the pandemics got hit. And I was like, man, you know, kind of bummed I couldn't go and the team couldn't go and we had to cancel trips. Like, all these people are going to be bummed out. Like, how do we bring something to the people that they would have received over there? And then it was going through all the concepts and all the content creation. So we're able to come out and roll that out, and et cetera. Right. So there's there's a lot. Right. No, I get that. You so I guess you came into Davidoff about three years ago. And yeah. I would say the period the period before you got there, it was I'd say it was like a let's say about a five to six year window when Davidoff was on fire in terms of innovation. I mean, the, the whole black series came out, the rebranding of Camacho, the rebranding of Avo, the rebranding of Winston Churchill. But I think, was there a point, it seemed like, where Davidoff had to, you know, you can't keep that up forever. So there's a point where Davidoff right. had to kind of move into the next phase. Is that how you kind of see what's happened maybe in the last few years? That now it's, you just can't keep pumping this stuff out. Now it's about now trying to get, you know, navigate this through the market. So um, I will say yes, but, but no. Um, okay. So what I would say is what you saw prior, I mean, I saw it also, I witnessed it from the outside, right? Right. It was ma- major shifts. You know, they were, they were innovating. Davidoff was growing from a, a company that was white pillar core and they just got into Winston Churchill. And then that's when the black fan collection rolled out and it, everything you just described. I, I think as any company, at some point you got to, to look at the market and say, you know, you, you can't come out with new core lines every, every year. Yeah. Because what you're doing is you're, you're, you're making the consumer market be loyal to that right. versus like you as your brand and your core and your pillars. And you know, the white, the white pillar of Davidoff has been around for <laughs> so many, I mean, yeah. decades, right? Like, and that's what built this. That's the foundation of this. Sure. So you want to keep that, that has to be at, at, at the, at the forefront. Right. And sure. I, but I will say Davidoff has never, as an organization, forget it, Davidoff having much, it never stopped innovating, even just the innovation is a little different, right? So sure. still coming out with four or five limited editions every year, right? Mm-hmm. But, and that's a lot of innovation. It's a lot of products, but yes, they're limited. And what they do is they bring attention back to the core 
pillar, right? Everything has a story to bring it back to the core pillar. I mean, we still have our biannual uh, chef's edition. You still have your um, Zodiac editions. And then you still have like the little vaults and the master selections and the things that come out. Um, this year, we just put out the the first limited edition really in, in the Black Band collection, which which was a combination of, of all three, mm -hmm. uh, which was kind of cool and unique. But, you know, something that I, I personally uh, with the team took a lot of pride in is across all brands, as we said, we're going to continue to innovate. But why does innovation have to be in a form of consumable product? Right. 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 Why, why can't innovation be how we come to market, how we better our partnerships with our point of merchants and, and retailers. And I think that's a lot of what's happening. Um, we, we have really taken this to a, a whole nother level on, on, we don't just go in and do selling. We actually go in and do business planning and future goals and what, what are your plans and how do we help you? And uh, we changed, you know, um, we don't do events anymore. Like, well, we consider everything we do as an experience. So there's a lot more of a thought process and planning and it's really how we're coming to market. So for example, in Camacho, like everything we, we just finished a, a huge tour uh, called the uh, Bold Burger Battle, which we, we partner with the Guinness Book World Record holder. His name is a burger beast and he's like super famous. And mm -hmm. we, we really went all around the country and we were doing full takeover pop-ups where, I mean, we're throwing out 1500 square foot of AstroTurf in someone's parking lot with hanging lights and picnic tables. Like we created food truck parks in people's front of their, their stores. And we had right. this guy come and we're doing burgers and we're doing, you know, beverages by coconut cartel rum, which was awesome and cigars and really giving people a lifestyle moment um, versus a deal. Yep. Right. Because it's, if you offer a deal, yeah, it's cool. But then people come a little to the deal. And what happens is after your event, then, you know, another brand comes in, they do a deal three days later and they do that. But it, it's like, I'm, I'm, you guys drink beer, right? And I'm sure there's a certain beer that you love, right? And if you go to, I don't know, Hooters to have some wings and they're like, hey man, Bud Light is on, on special today. You're like, yeah, I'll take Bud Light. But the second that special is over, you're going to go back to the beer that you're loyal to, right? And, and you're loyal to that particular beer for a certain reason and discounts mean nothing so what we want to do is, is create these these moments for people to to learn and and appreciate and become like part of the pack if, if you will and that would be the camacho version and, and we do the same thing for avo and clearly the, the same thing for davidoff i mean everything from the gastronomy tour to we're doing a, a tour now that we just started uh with gorn brothers the hat company so we're turning you know, brick and mortar shops into like custom tailored hatteries type thing. It was, it's, it's a really cool lifestyle experience. So I, Eddie, innovation's I there, man. Yeah, no, I, and I get it, you know, and I know you weren't at Davidoff at their last IPCR trade show, but I thought it was, an, they had a very interesting experience driven booth. You probably heard. And, yeah, I, heard, exactly. and I heard, yeah. And I heard, a, I mean, I got through it. It was really interesting. Um, but there's, you know, a lot of guys like us who follow the industry, we, we knew a lot about that. Right. So, but the retailers who I talked to went through that. They were they were really impressed with that. It is like you right. know, the, and they felt it was you know, like I said, it, it. You guys, I think, brought an experience component that you know, I think, and we won't get into the whole debate on the trade shows, but I, I think 
that's something you guys showed that you can do that uh, with the tools you have, namely, you know, the products that you have in the black label. I thought it was, was great how you guys did that. Yeah, no, I, I, um, I thoroughly enjoyed it uh, prior, right? Because I was there at that trade show. Um, right. And right. I remember walking in there and it was great because I was like, man, this is what I've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, it's, and it's very difficult because not everybody believes in that. Right. As far as, as as the industry goes, and we, man, like we are very fortunate. And I, I I'm super thankful and for our leadership to be open and to these innovative ideas, because you know one thing I think we completely forget as as an industry overall um, is I think most people in this industry are not the customer and they don't know that. Right. Yeah. Right. So it, it's something that I, I try to remind myself and humble myself constantly. And we bring it up in all the meetings, like just cause we smoke cigars today, doesn't mean you're the customer. Yep. The customer is somebody that saves up his money or her money walks into the store and spends it. Cause that's their escape. So you got to think, like the customer and think, what do they want to do? What's going to get them out of their home on a Thursday night and buy some products. And listen, man, it's not always a deal. So like you gotta, you gotta provide some sort of experience. You know, I know we're in the tobacco business. I know that we're manufacturers, but I I always say this, I am first in the hospitality business because everything we do is hospitality. Right. You know, and, and it's, um, and at your roots too. I mean, you you were it in the hospital for a long time. You did that. Absolutely, and my family still is heavily, yeah. and so like I'm still very attached to it and very close to it. And and it's been my my fundamental, and it, it's it's something that I think we were hyper aware. At least, and I can speak for for our organization. We're we're hyper aware of that, and, and it's everything on how we we advertise and, and the language that we use how we speak to our customers um, and the experiences. I mean, some people are fans of the fact that we do that. Some people are like, nah, I want a deal. Like whatever, right. man, it, it is what it is. Tweets his own. No one's right. No one's wrong. I just, we just choose to do things a certain way. I totally get, I totally get that too. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's a, a, a good thing. You know, you mentioned um, some of the limited editions and um there's been a lot of iconic limited editions in, in the Davidoff and Camacho and Avo brands, but the last year you, you guys have made a decision to close out. I think two of the longest ones that have been in the industry, uh, Liberty because the Liberty and the Avo. You're the execution ready. <laughs> no, I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not, okay. not at all. Um, because those were around a long time. Um, so they I'm just kind of curious what went into finally retiring those lines. Um, I think they both had their, their own separate reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I felt like the, which I'm, I'm very proud of the product we put out and, and the work we put out of, of the last, um, Camacho Liberty, Uh huh. like that was my baby and, and it was beautiful, but you know, 20 years is 20 years. That's, I mean, I thought it was time for both too. I'll be honest. I'm honest yeah. So I'm not executing. Yeah. I, I actually thought it was time for both of them to be retired. Yeah. So, and when you do something like that, one, you, you send it off with like, I send it off with grace, right? Like right. It, it was the best one yet. 
yeah. uh, our fastest sellout yet, 20 year anniversary. But what that does is it paves the way for future innovation. Because another thing, there's, you know, I always say, think about the customer, right? You know, there's the end consumer, but, you know, retailers are our customer as well, right? So the last thing you want to do is overload them with SKUs and take mm -hmm. up shelf yeah. space and, and, and create things that just, whatever, you know? So right. I, I, you know, I think we wanted to continue making way for innovation because Camacho in that aspect is a, a very innovative brand. I mean, you saw the transformation that it went through. Uh, mm -hmm. Everything it's done has been innovation forward and standing outside of the pack. So uh, that was one of the reasons for Camacho. And, and I would say Avo as well. You know, Avo, I'm super stoked about the future innovation coming for Avo. And um, it's, you know, brands like human beings also evolve. And, and Avo's gone through a, while it's it's still the same, it's 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 also gone through this cool evolution, and you know that was ten years of improvisation. Yeah, yeah. I mean the series goes way back to two thousand one. I mean it goes way well, back. Well, yeah. So like they, you had the you know the LE yeah. series, and the LE series. Yeah. So you're talking about twenty years as well. Yeah. And it's like. All right, all right, man, it's time for something new. And yeah. um, I thought it was too. I actually thought it was time uh, as much. And I love those cigars. And I'll tell you about a few in a second. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I love them as well. Like it, it was. But, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. just something you have to do to continue yeah. evolving. No, it's like uh, I think one of my all time favorite cigars is the Avo LE 10. It's just uh, I. I remember when they came out, I basically was, and I, I don't really do this much anymore, but that was one of those cigars I pretty much bought by the box wherever stores I went into. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, and then, you know, so and then when the, um, the greatest hits samplers came, I still have greatest hits samplers in my humidor. I, I have a stack of six of them. So that's uh, incredible. Yeah. You so, got some gems in there, man. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's fun to go back and, and smoke those eight cigars. Uh, by the way, I'm going to put a plug out there for anyone. If there's any retailer listening that has the Avo 22, that's the only cigar I've not been able to get my hands on yet. That, that's been a tough one to get my hands on, Eddie. That one's You've never quick. had it? No. I mean, every retailer sold them out. Like, I went into Corona when they came out, and they said basically some guy bought all the boxes, like, that day <laughs> when they came out. So Boxes, I don't know. I know who has some cigars. Okay. We'll <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be talking. I'll be able to... <laughs> Well, well, I, we'll I, message I, each other. Yeah, um, and and I loved kind of how you closed that series out because, um, I loved the I kind of had the piano keys and, and you had the uh, you had the, the light and the dark cigars and then I thought I thought that was a great great way to close that series out. Thank you, man. That was uh, again something we're also very proud of, right? Um, so the, the whole concept behind that was the piano keys. It was the final improvisation. Right. But when, when in that development phase and we're thinking, like, what do we want to do? Somebody, I'm talking about this, and then somebody's like, hey, what's your favorite cigar? Which is, like, the question that I hate to receive. Like, every <laughs> right. single one of us hates to receive. <laughs> right, right, exactly. I, I can't answer that question. Yeah. Right? Like, I, it depends what time of day it is, you know, what I ate, this whole thing. Yeah. So I'm in the middle of describing this, and I was like, you know, this – this is how we close it out. We got to create multiple blends for this. And the, as, as a reminder, because that way I, I may want something at a time where I want a Connecticut or I may 
want something that's a Maduro, you know what I mean? And yeah. um, it was, I, you know, I think we wanted people to remember the closing improvisation as, as something that could be yeah. joy, enjoyed at all hours or all times of the day, no matter what you ate or, mm-hmm. or whatnot. No, that's great. You know, and I'm smoking the Avo Maduro, and this is actually the one from mm. the 30s before it became a regular. And yep. what I like about this cigar and then what I impresses me about the, the, the final improvisation is you do have a you do have a Maduro offerings. And that's something kind of from the Dominican side of the Davidoff portfolio. There's not a lot right. of those. So it kind of yeah. gives you some of that is what I find. Yeah. And um, I know I should know the answer to this. I don't know why. <laughs> why we don't have so many Maduros. I mean, but like, but what I do enjoy is. I, 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 I love Maduro cigars. Right. Uh, I love the sweetness behind it. Right. Um, love everything. But I, I think as the more we smoke in years of, of, of smoking and enjoying cigars, I feel like our tolerance kind of like does this. So like, I don't like strong cigars anymore. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's where I'm at personally right, right now. Right. You know, I could only speak for me. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's probably because I smoke nine cigars a day. So maybe I just don't right. want strong cigars. But <laughs> Uh, what, what I enjoy about the, the, the Maduros that come out of, of Davidoff or Avo or any of that was, is that they are not strong for, in my opinion. Right. So, so you can have it before lunch on an empty stomach and you get the sweetness that you would love for a Maduro without like the face melting Lijero bombs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I know Aaron, this is a cigar he actually does like, um, yep. Because this was a former number one cigar from from the developing palettes guys. Yeah. Um, yes, and, it was. Yeah. Which. Uh, so I mean, that's that's I, I take. But Aaron, one thing Aaron kind of really impressed on me when I when I start working with him is is flavor, flavor, flavor. And this thing just delivers flavor. I mean, it, it really does. It, you don't need the strengths with this because it's all about flavor with this Maduro. Yeah, absolutely. I I went through a. Um... You know, we always learn and continue to learn, but I, I got to, you know, all the years of smoking cigars and working with various people and multiple master blenders and all stuff, you know, coming into this company, I, I really learned a, a massive amount about tobacco and, and, and blending and that, and the aspect of like, now I truly, truly, truly understand what balance is. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I used to think I understood that. I used to be, ah, because of balance and complexity and this and that. And um, it really didn't, I was kind of like reminded, like, <laughs> you don't know anything, right? Like, uh, <laughs> so I really started smoking through our entire portfolio consistently. And, and then I was like, oh, I get it now. So yeah, yeah that um, that cigar is full of flavor. I I love it. Yeah, it, 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 it. When, when the rebrand happened, Back in 2015, I remember telling Scott, you can't get rid of the Maduro. It's like, you can't get rid of the Maduro. <laughs> so finally, they brought it back in 2018 as the 30th, and then obviously brought it back as, as a core. Um, so uh, th- this is, like I said, this is, I bought a few boxes of these 30th when they came out. So, oh uh, man, they're, they're, they're so good. I actually, they really are. Have, this is walking great. Yeah. I actually have some of the uh, old branding. The original. Oh, wow. M- yeah. Maduro's. Yeah. In my humor now, I was like, hey, do I pick that up to smoke tonight? And then, oh, <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whatever. I got yeah, multiple and, stuff. And there is a Davidoff Maduro. I mean, there is a Davidoff Maduro. I know that. Um, 
I've there was, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I yeah. know. Like, I, I should say, I see a float. I, there's some stores still have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Corona still got them. Was uh, that and, the? Met, uh, I'm trying to remember what it was now. Something, something Doro, right? And it was a Magico size or something in there. No, 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 it's no. Actually Davidoff Puro, Maduro. No, no, it's called oh, the yeah. Davidoff Maduro. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know a couple people that still have it. Actually, yeah. I was yeah. in, um, I was in the Northeast. And I walked into a shop and he still had some. And I was like, whoa, how do I, I'm going to buy these off of you. It, you it, had a, it has like a blue secondary band on it. It has a white label and it has a blue second, like a dark right. blue secondary band mm-hmm. that says Maduro on it. Correct. Now I actually smoked one d- during 4th of July. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it's not your, it's not your like Nicaraguans. I don't know. It's just not your typical Maduro is what I was going to say. No, it, it's, it's. The way Davidoff would do a Maduro, yeah. You know, I, I had to give a a uh, a seminar not too long ago. We did this um, Oro Blanco seminar, which was I called it the slaughtering of unicorns because it was absurd. I, I like there was a store in, in Rhode Island and, and an incredible retailer, and it was. 35 Oro Blancos being smoked at once. So if you did the math, it was a considerable evening. It was yeah. incredible. And I'm giving a speech about Oro Blanco and, and talking about Oro Blanco. And I'm like, this is like every Davidoff you smoke, but unlike any Davidoff you ever smoked. But then like that, that line, as I was saying it, it, it made me think about when Davidoff came out with the Davidoff Nicaragua, which you know, we were all as consumers accustomed to a very different type of product when you see the word Nicaragua right. involved. And it kind of caught me off guard. I, I wasn't even living in the United States when it came out. I remember I was still living in Thailand. I smoked it. I was like, oh man, it's weird. It's not what I expected. Yeah. You know, moving on and, and, and joining the company and understanding the blending philosophy is exactly what you would expect because they did a Nicaraguan puro but with their blending philosophy. So it's, it's, it's exactly how Davidoff would do it. It, would, it wasn't going to blow your face away. The balance was so there. It was all about balance and flavor without knocking your socks off, you know? So. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And Aaron, you mentioned that. that Puerto, everything. Yeah. You mentioned that Puerto Oro. That yeah, was a great Puerto cigar. Oro. That was, was a fantastic great, cigar. That was a fantastic. I, yeah. I had one today. Oh, did you? I, I just posted it on my Instagram. Oh man, that, it's a, that was such a fantastic cigar. It really was. I, uh, oh, it's man. the one. It's the one line like from the Davidoff. Like if you could ever bring that one back, that would be. I, I actually think it came out. It was ahead of its time, Eddie. I actually think that was more than anything. You know, it's just you, you I, guys released ahead of its I time. I will have to agree with you. Yeah, I will have to agree with you. And yeah. and be, trust me, man. It's funny. It's like when things don't exist is when everyone wants them, right? So it's true. It's true. But it's people true. cry and plead for that cigar. I, I bought a lot of those. Yeah, I remember. I, you when know, I, yeah, it's it's. I have to agree with you. I think it was definitely ahead of its time. Yeah, and it was like I remember when when um when I bought a box. Hanky was doing an event. And the smile on his face when I bought that box, because he loved that cigar a lot. <laughs> he was telling me, you know, I, and I, people were buying like David of Nicaragua that night. And I bought the box of the, uh, you know, the Puro de Oros with the gold band. And he was just like, they, he just started waxing poetic about that cigar. <laughs> He's like, I wish they would bring that one back. Yeah, too. 
it's a it's a phenomenal cigar um i uh you know always in search for what's the next closest thing to it yeah um everybody's a different yeah go ahead i'm sorry no no everyone has a different palette but you know i the next closest thing to it for me would probably be the dominicana you know yeah not to make a plug but which is what's gonna get smoked next. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's all good. Um, Eddie, as far as going back, what we were just talking about the, the, the Liberty and the uh, the improvisation series, and so I'm not asking you, like, I guess I'm asking you, but I'm not asking something's gonna replace that, is what you're telling me, right? I'm not asking you specifically what it is, but is there there's right, gonna be a new yeah, concept yeah, that you're gonna have with that? Absolutely. I, I, the we are still a company that innovates and 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 pushes the envelope, so there will be most certainly things replacing both of those um, limited editions. So um, we're in that process now and it's cool, man. I, I, I'm very, very, very stoked for it. I think it'll be uh, new and, and very welcomed. So that's good. That's good to hear. I mean, so I think that will be exciting to hear. Like I said, I think, uh, you know, long series can't go on forever. I thought it was actually time for both of them. So um, you know, it just kind of gives you something different that you guys could do for sure. The right. um, where would where would okay? So I want to just go, talk a little about Avo and Camacho. Let's start with Camacho. Where like what is the state of the Camacho brand right now? Uh, how do you kind of see Camacho in the marketplace, and what do you think's ahead for it? It's a good question, man. Um, Camacho is is pretty massive, so it's so there, it's a. I'm glad that we hit this topic because now I, there's so many avenues. I need to control my ADD. So, <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Camacho, it, it's probably had the most growth. It's had in a very, 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 very long time. It's huge. Um, we just released um, the triple Maduro Toro. So while this cigar has been around for many years, this blend, uh, it's, it's our third best selling blend in Camacho. We've never had a Toro, believe it or not. I, I was going to ask that. Yeah, I was like, you don't have a Toro. I, I didn't know that until you just said that. Yeah, so uh, we just released that literally uh, this past month. Um, and Camacho, and it, it's won a lot of awards recently. We just won a, an Addy Award, which is something that I'm super proud of. You know, our team, we worked really hard. Like, we're really getting into marketing Camacho and the lifestyle brand of what it represents. Um, I, I find Camacho to be... one of those brands that kind of converts people into enjoying cigars. Yeah. Um, it, it really sits at that because it appeals to so many people. Um, and, and it's very humanizing, you know, like it, it's a, it's a humble cigar that, that the brand is like, it really appeals to a lot of people. Um, so it's like, if you look at the way we, we market on social media, it's completely evolved. Like we're doing st- big time storytelling on social media. We're working with a lot of cool people doing like the burger tours and all that stuff. But the thing that, that I find really interesting um, is we, so the whole camp Camacho thing was, was difficult, which you guys have been right. I have not. I have not. I have not. <sighs> I was supposed to go. And then the uh, pandemic. Hit. COVID, right. So yeah. Yep. Precisely the problem. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> right. And it, it's getting a little di- even more difficult now because they just moved the airport, the Tegucigalpa airport. I heard about this, yeah. 
right? So now it adds an extra three hours to the trip to the factory on top oh, of wow. the fact that it, yeah, yeah. It's, it's bonkers. And and you can only go down to certain times of year, and it's not like we have a hotel down there, right? It's our factory. We have a beautiful guest home, but like it is what it is. So we wanted to kind of bring Camacho to people, and we created uh, an online community, um, CampCamacho.com, and uh, we have it hosted by our our homies over at Cigar Dojo. So on Dojoverse, and um, we built like a whole experience ranking system where people can move through ranks uh very much like the boy scouts you do this and you get this badge you do this you get that badge and then eventually you start earning shields and you know you earn swag along the way and all sorts of really cool perks and stuff like that and at the end if you collect all four shields you become a part of the board of the bold in which you get your name on the wall in camp camacho and like uh you become part of our tasting panel for innovation and it's really cool, but what we're using this um, to drive people to a lot of our, our retailers and really kind of create this community. And, and it's, it's a very important part of the brand because by nature, it's one of those brands where like people just get together and, and, and do things. Like we've always had like the barbecue tours and the beer tours and all that kind of stuff. And it, it's like, it's like a, a guy's brand, you know what I mean? So Camacho is we're innovating on that and we're trying to also protect ourselves by building this community because I mean, we're aware, right? No one's a dummy. Like things are starting to disappear online. Right. So we, you know, you you can't count on social media to, to be the vehicle to, to spread the word. And um, so we're, we're creating our own ecosystem online and using that to also closer ties with our retailers and our consumers and yeah it's just it's a lot we're 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 working on a lot and it's growing so that that's the state of camacho is is pretty cool like we we went through a little phase where we kind of like pulled back a lot of the product innovation because at one point like you said there was it felt like there was a camacho coming out every other month yeah you know there was a lot there was a lot and it's dude, so it's a lot for a consumer, it's a lot for a retailer, but like everything has its time and place. And at that time, it was time to do that, right? And now yeah. it's time to more like innovate on experience. So, like one of the cool experiences that we, we've had on tour right now, which is bonkers, and uh, we're doing a, a, a barbecue sauce and beef jerky experience pairing. Okay, so I know it sounds kind of gimmicky, it's <laughs> bizarre, right? But the idea was you have your friends coming over you want to have a pairing night like oh shit where do i grab you could go grab it at a 7-eleven right like right. like it's the idea of something that's super accessible and then we started looking at flavor notes of crazy things and barbecue sauce three we picked three different kinds and they actually have like flavored notes that pair with cigars incredibly well um you should probably try it and um we, all right, so we can't just take shots of barbecue sauce. That's kind of creepy. Yeah. So we we started using beef jerky as vessels, and beef jerky has the same thing. And it was also it was very Camacho. And we started executing these things, and everyone was like, "That's kind of weird." And then by the end, everyone's like a super fan, and it was yeah. like, "Man, that was super awesome!" And 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 that that's what we want, right? Like we want people to then go home and, and recreate this experience for their friends and family and whenever they're getting together guys nights whatever it is that you do it's just camaraderie and, and 
hey man let's do something crazy i got some barbecues have some jerky let's, let's smoke some kamatas and do this crazy thing and um the innovation is like really rolling out that way and it's it's coming to market in a really fun cool way so yeah no i have a, like a completely off topic question that i want to throw out right now just because of what you said so uh davidoff as a whole as a company do you find it difficult switching gears from like when you're talking Davidoff and you're talking Avo and you're talking Winston Churchill and then you get to and this is not a I'm not being negative but then you get to Camacho which is a very different animal kind yeah. of lifestyle brand I would say than the rest of the Davidoff portfolio like all of them are yeah um but I think the, I think those other three I would think kind of have like more of a, a luxury kind of connotation to them and then Camacho mm-hmm. seems more like a blue collar kind of a workhorse yep. type of side so is it be, shifting between those? Do you feel that there's, is it hard to do it or is it, it's kind of a fun kind of uh, switching the tracks at times? So dude, that is like the best question because it's something that um, we, we like to remind people like, hold up, man, I'm in Davidoff mode right now. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like <laughs> you, you really, and, and it's true. And it takes a lot of work to do that because you can't, you can't, do things the right way unless you're thinking of the end user customer man you know like so what i would like to say at least is our team in the u.s like as far as like you know you have your your work personality right Right. just like you have your linkedin personality and then you have your instagram personality i i think by dna and by nature we're all camacho people man right you know what i mean yeah but like we also grew up in life and we learned a lot i've had a lot of experiences we've had the taste for finer things so like we can also identify very closely right now with davidoff because that's where i'm at in my life sure yeah. with the things that i do but like my roots are still my roots man yeah you, yep. you know what i mean so yeah. I, I i feel like and, and our whole team is is very much like that but it is difficult at times you know so um yeah because you're not bringing barbecue sauce you, you're not right. sharing barbecue sauce with the oro blanco right yeah. so <laughs> no no right, right absolutely not like right. we we executed something really similar with avo at the same time and with avo it was four different kinds of cold brew with four different types of dark chocolate there you right go. that's yeah, avo yeah, like yeah. it just it, yep. it's brand appropriate but it's it, and it does it is quite challenging at times i mean i go through bizarre rituals in my office man like people are like oh they're they're at it again you know yeah. like in my office all of a sudden like there's different music playing very loud you know <laughs> yeah. i dress different those days to work those days i'm not in a suit you know i'm in jeans yeah. and a t-shirt and it's like yo it's it's camacho day and somebody ordered barbecue in like <laughs> we're being us uh, but like that's that's kind of what you have to do it's almost like like method acting right you, you have to you have to get in character to to understand and remember um and that's the fun part about traveling and you get to visit a lot of those spots where you can just be normal. And then it's a little weird. Then the next day it's like, we're going to a different shop, get in the suit, yeah. get ready. <laughs> right. It's only wine tonight, you know, yeah. like, uh, but that's a good question. It, it's, it's hard. And, and I, and I say that because I was trying to make a, a comparison to pretty much any other company in the industry. And I was like, guys, they don't have to do that. Yeah. Like their brands all tell the same story. We have three major brands that tell three completely different stories, you know? Right. So, um, and we have to identify with all of them. So it, it takes a lot of, a lot of work. Yeah, for sure. Oh, 
Yeah, Eddie, I want to comment on the Camp Camacho thing because I think when I saw that and I looked at it, I, I'm not just saying because you're on, because I think I've, Aaron and I have talked about this. Okay, so this was absolute brilliance what you guys did with that. Um, Thanks, it was, to me, it, to me, it was like the perfect storm. And I look at, I look at the, what you, that community that you built there. And let me tell you, they're fiercely loyal to the brand on top of it. Believe me, I know. I've taken a little yeah. heat <laughs> being a reviewer. <laughs> so, so I could tell you that, yeah. And I, I think, honestly, I'm shocked that Eric has not signed like five or six other companies already to do that. Because, I've, so, I've, yeah. I, I, I am too, to be honest. So, yeah. And, 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 oh, clearness right like i i was like hey man i want to build this community but i also believe in giving props where props are due i was like you you built an impressive community right, right. like he did so i was like i'm not going to act and pretend that i know what the heck i'm talking about so um can we do this together yeah. <laughs> you know it was like one of those types of things and I was a little concerned about that. I was like, but it is what it is, man. You know what I mean? Like I can't hold intellectual rights on that. So, but, and I was sharing those concerns and it, he, he, he was like, man, listen, he's like, you're dedicating staff, you're dedicating swag, you're dedicating a, a considerable amount of, of financial funds into this. He's like, not many people think that way. So I wouldn't really worry about it too much. And, um, yeah. That, that's kind of what happens. I mean, technically anyone can. I, I figured people would jump on it, but, you know, everybody has their own route to market and, right. and nobody's wrong. What's what's right for everybody is right for everybody. Yeah. You know, we just choose to do things a little differently. I think um, as a, as a whole, as an organization, like, and, and it's not a mandate or anything like that. It's just, I think it's just the right team members in place that like our, we just want to be, the customer and care about the customer and create things like what would I want to do? And that's kind of like what's led into all of this new innovation and new things that are happening and some hit, some miss, right. You know, we're not perfect, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I but, think the nature of what Aaron said about this being, you know, again, blue call everyday type smokes, this community was oh, just right. a, a great extension. And it was like, a, I, I, this wouldn't work doing oral Blancos is what I'm saying. But with these cigars, that people can constantly smoke. Mm -hmm. it's, 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 I think it's great what, what, what you guys have done here. Thanks, man. Yeah, we're, yeah. again, I, I keep saying it, but like, I really mean it. Like, we're really proud of it. And I'm yeah. really proud of our team. We're, yeah. Yeah. It's oh. pretty cool. That's good. So, the question I asked on Camacho, I'm going to turn it now to Avo. Uh, in right. terms of where's, what's the state of that brand and how you see that one going forward? It, it's, it's the biggest it's ever been. So, it, it's, you know, and obviously everything grew because of the pandemic. You know, we had an unexpected boom, right? Mm -hmm. No pun intended. Uh, right. But uh, it was already like making headway to like, it was already booming. And it's, you know, it's gone through this evolution because it's, you know, Abel truly has become like, a lifestyle brand versus just the name of a of an incredible human being right right so um and where we've really embraced that 
and uh, a lot of the campaign work and social work that we put into it has have been trying to to put that out there. So when we came out with Caribe, you know, uh, like our social feed was like interviews with video producers, like famous ones, uh, huge DJs, huge musicians, huge artists, and really Avo. Avo is all about like expression of oneself, right? You know, Avo as a human was a musician. He was a world traveler. You know, his music was an expression of who he is. His, his cigar blends were an expression of his palate. Um, and, and a lot of people identify that. And I think you got to be a special kind of person to, to smoke an Avo, you know, like it's super refined, but at the same time, it's got like this cool artistic edge to it. That's just like, I'm different. So, you know, if I were to compare it to a watch, like it's not a Rolex, right? Davidoff's Rolex, but Avo's like a Panerai. And if you were a Panerai, that says something about who you are and it's how you express yourself. So a, a lot of the marketing that we have, have created and, and, and come to market routes are, are that. And there are a lot of lifestyle experiences. So during the pandemic, we were doing crazy collaborations with world famous DJs taking over our Instagram. Um, we've worked with a lot of incredible influential people. I hate to use the word influencers. Um, but, <laughs> it's all fake. Uh, but like, you know, like, so like they are, they are, I, I refuse to do it. But um, what like we work with like really cool influential people doing really cool things. You know, we've released, God, there must be about 10 podcasts right now that are just musical journeys, right? So just like a cigar takes you on a journey of flavor, you know, we, we're trying to recreate that same journey sonically, you know, so at, like there's a playlist per cigar. So it's like play this for the next two hours while you enjoy this cigar. And we're like really gone that route because it's really about expression, artistry, and, you know, great cigars and, and, and time with people. So uh, we have a tour going on right now that's uh, based on our, our synchro pillar. And we're doing like pop-up bonfires all over the country. And it's, it's really cool because if you remember those old synchro uh, marketing pieces that they had like people around a campfire playing guitar and yep. shit yeah, like yeah. that, like like we're actually we're, we're recreating that right nice. now and we're taking it around the country some some shops you can do it some shops you can't and so like we, we partnered with this company called solo stove they do like these really yep. modern looking fire pits and we're yep. dropping those at those shops that you can't and we're doing things there and it, it's just like again it, it's more about the experience with people because what what we want is for people to come home and hey what did you do last night i don't want somebody to say like oh i bought cigars on sale right because no one gives a shit about that <laughs> Right. I want somebody to turn around and be like, yo, I, I was at this really cool bonfire, you know, and we had like, you know, grilled skewers and we're just smoking cigars and, you know, having cocktails. And it's like this Avo cigar and just great music. And it was like, it was, it was cool, man. You know, I can't wait for something like that to happen again. Yeah. And, and that, that's like what we're trying to, to really create for again, hospitality. Right. Yeah. So take yeah. care of people and, and have them create. So, yep. You, um, you know what's interesting? There was a cigar that you guys released from Avo last year. I want to say it was a little over a year ago. And I think it was the most under, like, under the radar one. But the cigar was absolutely fantastic, and and in my book, 
Um, that was a classic Bellicoso that you brought back. Mm-hmm. Um, like Seth, who works with Aaron on development parallels, is like, have you tried this? Yeah, yet? yeah. And I'm like, no. He's like, well, he's like, you have to try. He's like, you have to try this. Um, and I, I, it was, it blew me away how good that cigar was. Um, I'm just kind of curious, like, what made it at that moment of time to bring back that cigar in that size? Which you know, Bellicosos, you know, I don't want to say they 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 light the market on fire, but I was kind of curious what went into bringing that release back. So, I think that the the answer to that question is going to tie in a bit of like your first question about Davidoff, like what is it that you release, what don't you release, right. do you stop releasing stuff, right? And my reply to that was really about like we need to release stuff that attracts right. people to our core, right? Right, and and Avo's core, I mean, the first cigar was was the classic, right? Yeah. So, um, it, it's kind of come out with a limited version of this. You know, it was the belly closer size, but we had every other size, but that, you know, so like rebring that out to just kind of put some excitement and get people to retry the product and go, oh, God damn, this was good. Right. <laughs> exactly what you said. Let me go back to smoking those things again. I haven't yeah. smoked those in years. It worked for me. You know? and, it worked and, for and, me. I'm going to be honest with you. It worked for precisely. me. When you did it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's really what it is. You know, I, I think that, um, the beauty of our business as a whole is that the majority of it is all mom and pop owned, right? right. That's the beauty of it. Um, the problem with that is that they don't have the mentality of like what major companies with major marketing and advertising budgets have, right? And I don't think anyone in the cigar business has that, not even us, right? But like, yeah. if you look at liquor brands and I, and I think I, I look at that aggressively, like it's not like Johnny Walker releases a new Johnny Walker every year. Right? Right, it's, right. it's been the same five flavors for 40 freaking years. Yeah. You know, all they do is like, oh, here's a Game of Thrones edition. Oh, shit. Let me try that. Oh, man, I miss Johnny Black. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so it, it's kind of like yeah. you got to stick to your core pillars and fundamentals and what put you in the game. And I mean, because those products are tried and true and tested, man. Like you're talking. Ava's been around longer than 30 years with that blend. There's a reason why that blend's been around for 30 yeah. years. If, if the blend sucks, trust me, man, they get discontinued. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, And you guys don't it, hesitate it, to pull something if it's not selling, I noticed. No. Yeah. At all. I mean, yeah. there's plenty of data out there to, to show sure. things move or right. don't move. And, you know, sometimes things are cool. Sometimes you miss the mark. I, I, I think what it's important and it's very hard. I mean, it's hard. It's, it's never do things because it's cool at the time or because it's fad or, you know, like yeah. anything you do should should essentially be timeless. Yeah. Oh, shout out Michael Herklock. There, there you go. go. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of in the family with that. So, yeah. <laughs> no, it is. That is. Yeah. yeah. We love Mike. Yeah. Oh, good. So. No, I mean, I said that that, that Bellocoso, um, it did like, with me. It did exactly what that was intended to do. Uh, mm-hmm. because I, I found myself in 2021 smoking a lot of Avo classics that I had probably forgotten about for five or six years. So, but that Bellicoso, it was, ex- I, I, I thought that was exceptional. I mean, that just, uh, folks, if you could find those still, I would say get them because it's, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a trend. They're, they're, they're not, they're not many left. I know, but they're out there. Yep. Um, yep. but they're good. Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah, really nice complex cigar too. Um, to do that. 
Oh, yeah. All right. Um, so this one, the next one I want to turn to is we haven't talked about this one yet. Uh, Zeno. So Zeno underwent cool. some changes um, in the la- last year. And I, I would say it was a, it was a big change that you guys made with Zeno. And Zeno Nicaragua, by the way, I think it's an exceptional value cigar. I mean, for that price point, you can't you can't get it. But then there may be the longtime Zeno fans like myself who will say, well, that's not really a Zeno because Zeno was different. So I'm kind of curious, what is the direction of the Zeno brand right now? Is it going to kind of stay with the Nicaragua course or is it maybe, you know, because there was some very high end Zenos that have been released over the years. So this was like a complete opposite. Right. So I, I, I know it's a tad bit confusing, right? Um, right. But because but there's a very hard difference between Zeno Platinum as a brand. Okay. And then Zeno, right? Right. Uh, right. Um, Zeno Platinum will will still be limited editions that come out and exactly what you're talking about, very high end. You know, I I think the the strategy behind Zeno Nicaragua, it was definitely um, something on, on, on a global scale. And it was to find and create something uh, along the same balance and palette that was just more accessible and attainable to attract people to the brand and, and to the, to the franchise, if you will, right. Like uh-huh. to the whole portfolio. Cause um, it, it does come, it's way more entry level than Camacho in terms of a price point, but most yeah. certainly it's a very different flavor profile. Right. And I, the, the bulk of while well, we crushed it in the United States, it went huge here, uh, bigger than anticipated. Um, that was, was mostly a, a, a global move, right? Because if you think about products around the, the world, you have Davidoff and you have Habanos. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> what do you get other than that, right? right. So, like, you know, there, there's, you know, it was, it was great to have that, that profile and flavor available to where it doesn't crush your, your bank account. I said it was an exception. And yeah, product. there's more coming yeah. out. So, yeah. Eddie. So, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, it, it's all still runs through the same process, the same factory, the same, you know, quality care. So, it's still going to be made incredibly perfect. So. But what you're saying, Eddie, is so Zeno Nicaragua is different than Zeno Platinum. Yeah. Okay, I think that's where maybe I got confused, maybe some other folks, because I think people maybe, and you shouldn't assume things, I assume the whole brand was undergoing a, a transformation, a complete, like, re, like, rebrand, and that was the direction it was going. Yeah, no, I I understand. Um, yeah. It, it, understandably so, but, like, it was literally a, a different tier of, of brand. Right. You know, Um while keeping people within the family. So right. you get people in, you work them up, the palettes evolve, they continue growing, and one day down the line, they'll end up at a Davro. Right. So. Understood. Um, so, yeah. I mean, but Zeno is going to be mostly still focused on limited editions. Is that kind of the focus of going to be that brand? The Zeno Platinum. Okay, Zeno Platinum. Will be. Yeah. Yeah. 
You so what, you got, let, let me translate. So Xenoplatinum, consider Xenoplatinum as a brand, higher, higher right. end brand. Yeah. And then Z, Zeno by itself, not just Nicaragua. Nicaragua right. may just be a sub-brand of Zeno. Zeno is going to be as like a, a, a different tier than Xenoplatinum. So just think Correct. of those two side. And then Nicaragua Correct. is just a sub of Zeno, and there could be other Zeno, yeah. like just single Zenos that are below that. So precisely. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. Um yeah. and, and in terms of how did I mean it seemed like it went very well for you guys here from because I've I've speaking the retailers and said that cigar sold very well. It um so like that that was a uh a global innovation that came from Switzerland. Oh, really? We all had a little piece of it, but yeah. So like they, you know, they came up with this concept and we're obviously when, when things are coming out, you project numbers for your market. So we're like, oh, the United States is going to do X, Y, Z. And um, it, it did like double <laughs> to the point where like people kept ordering and we're like, yo, we don't have like, we're, we're on back order. Like it was, it was explosively good. Um, and, and honestly, it's because a cigar is really, 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 really good. It's, it's a hell of a value for, for the price. Like, you'd be hard to find better, honestly, I think. And retailers um, weren't wrong, right? People just couldn't believe that they were getting Zeno Nicaragua at that price and a quality at that price. They're just, what? But it worked. And yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's different strategies in different markets, uh, like within the United States, you know, you have, you know, beverage channels, liquor channels. So when you start talking about like what what really moves in like big chain liquor stores versus brick and mortars, like there, there's so many different channels in which we operate in and strategies are different. And that was really geared and turned out that it was just really that damn good. It killed it everywhere. So it was a nice surprise. But yeah, I remember, and you yeah. guys launched that right around the May TP of last year. So that was a kind well, of well, that's yeah, that's that was the actual launch, yeah. right? And I was yeah. saying that's good Absolutely. for what you just said. It makes sense for the channels you were trying to get that cigar into. Precisely, right? Yeah. Only people in our industry would understand that. There's a consumer <laughs> on here. They'll be like, I don't know what that means, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, we went to a, a you know a Philips and King show. Right, yeah. it's it, it, it's the 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 right market for it. Yeah, very yeah. happy with it. No, and then you said this. I guess there's plans to grow this, so it's that's that's good as well. Oh, it's growing. Yeah, no, it most certainly will will grow. So there there's there's a lot in the pipeline for it. So it'll be interesting. How how have the retailers received that in terms of maybe some of the ones who have been for many years all about those you know platinum ones. Uh, and then they kind of saw something, you know, more value price one with the Zeno name on it. How did that kind of go? Was it, was it a difficult thing or, or not? No, I, I, I think that, um, you know, some people had questions, but like once explained to like, they, they see the strategy, they see the, the, the innovation schedule coming. Um, they just had a Zeno platinum limited edition right before they came out uh you know every every brick and mortar in every city has its own identity and micro economy yeah so and a lot of people like it's easy for us to forget that because like 
what happens in your neighborhoods entirely different from my neighborhood. So it's hard to, to say the same thing. So like they have different types of customers in each ones. And like there's stores that are like, my guys don't buy anything less than $15. Like I've heard that before. Right. So that's not something that's going to happen there. And then you have stores <laughs> that are like, yo, my guys are trained to not buy anything more than $15. Right. right? So yeah. this is going to completely smash it here. Yeah. So, um, but that said, everybody has something for everybody. So it just depends on the volume in which they, they acquire it. So uh, it, it did, it, it, it went over really well. Uh, again, like shockingly better than what we anticipated. And we thought it was going to do great. Obviously we dedicated an entire booth to it. So we're like, yeah, this is a winner. So let's dedicate an entire booth. And it kind of went bigger than that. So it was awesome. Now, you said that idea actually came from Switzerland, right? Yeah. But that band was you, right? That band screamed Eddie Guerra when I saw it. Dude, everybody told me that, right? So um, <laughs> everybody told me that, but I swear but it to does. God, it was not me. Yeah, wow. I know it, 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 but, it, but, but it really was not. Abu Karibe was 100% me. All that, okay. you know, that's that's my personality. But right, right. You know, um, that was... That was 100% Switzerland. I mean, they do incredible work over there, as you can imagine. I mean, yeah. look what they've done with Davidoff. I mean, you've seen all the Chess Edition boxes. It's like mind blowing. You know, you see those. Uh, I mean, the year the Tiger box was bananas. Right. I don't know. That was nuts. So, uh, yeah, they know what they're doing. But it's yeah. funny. Everyone thought I created that. I was like, oh, no. I mean, we all did. I mean, it was just like, you know, because you're about that vibe. And it was like, you know, that tropical yellow you had on that band. It was like, that's got to be Eddie. I'm like, yeah, Eddie's making his mark here. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's funny, man. Wow. I, wow. I can't take credit for that. I, w- I wish I could, but I, 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 I can't. Right, nice. But. Nice. Um, just to kind of wrap it up with Davidoff now. Um, you, may, you know, Davidoff seems like, uh, like I said, you, you seem you have a lot of core lines right now. Um, one I wanted to ask about, not a core line, but a limited, the Dominicana, is that something we'll see more of? Uh, yeah, you'll, you'll see, there was a, a finite number made just because there was a, for, for the blend, um, there's just a finite number of, of wrapper and, and, and product use for it. So, mm. I guess it just depends on the volume of which it's consumed. Right. So um, there, there was, you know, an anticipation it'd be around for two years. I highly doubt it. But, right. You know, the market will, the market will tell. Um, but it is incredible, and I'm actually gonna light one up right now, the short robusta, because that's just how I want to finish my night. There you go. That's <laughs> but that's uh, that's perfect. Yeah, and um. But no, that that uh, it's gonna be around just for a little bit. But I, I probably wouldn't, you know, count on it being around for so long. Right, it, right. It'll, it'll be gone soon. Understood. And as far as the, the Chinese New Year series, um, which you guys really that was Davidoff that put that on the map. Now everyone's doing them, right? But you guys, you guys were doing this like I remember when the snakes came out. Uh, that's still mm-hmm. snake is probably my favorite Davidoff of all time. I'll put the Oro Blanco. I have smoked two Oro Blancos, so. Uh, but I've smoked a lot more snakes. Um, so, I mean, that kind of put, you guys put this on the map, but 
I guess rabbit is this year's, is that it? Is that it for the Zodiac series? Or do you guys go back and try to do the, like a full release of the dragon? I can not comment on that. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, 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 I will tell you. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, it, it man, it's, it's th- those cigars are, are incredible. It's funny that you mentioned the snake. Cause that's like what I get from a lot of people. Like I always have people, Hey man, can you give me this? Can you give me that? And, People always bring up bring up the snake quite a bit. Um, yeah, I know you brought it back as a vault once. Um, the only disappointing thing yeah. was the original boxes were incredible with that. If you got those original boxes, that's the right. part. Like, because I, I bought a few of those boxes myself. Yeah, no, it, it it's yeah, no, those are incredible. And I mean, listen, man, the Zodiac uh, has been a, a massive winner uh, globally for us and um i would anticipate that it's always going to be around i just all right i got a question yep i'm gonna throw another one out so how did the conversation go down when somebody said i need you to make the wrapper look like the fur of a tiger (laughs) yeah how did that conversation (laughs) factory go i want to i was curious how that went i have absolutely no idea so i you know i'll tell you this and i don't even know if this is how it went down this is completely speculating right but um we have an incredible team down in the factory right. and i know everyone says that they probably are great but like these guys really are awesome you know um and they're also the type of people that are constantly um, creating. So like you could visit the factory and they'll be like, yo, check this out, check this out, check this out, check this out. You know, they know, I mean, they knew that year the tiger was coming out for five, six years, obviously. Sure. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that they were already working on something for that. They were working on it. Like, I know you have something on your pants, but look what we can do. <laughs> right, right. You know, like, if I, if I had to take a guess, but I, I really don't know. I, I never even asked that question. I was just still kind of blown away by it. Um, I remember the first time I went to the, to, to the factory and um, they were like, eight, and I was walking by one of the rooms and they were like, you can't take pictures of anything you're about to see. And, <laughs> this tobacco i've been taking pictures all day what are you talking about and then i saw it and i was like oh, oh yeah. all right <laughs> all right yeah yeah cool and and i saw that like a while before i was like, man that looks really neat i want some um mm-hmm. and it was i hope it goes down in history as like one of those tobacco innovations you know it should it should receive some sort of innovation award if someone right. were to ever make one you know what i mean but like because yeah. people innovate boxes and concepts and stuff but like to do that to wrapper to where it burns perfectly yeah, it yep. was to me was pretty cool yeah i i'd even go a step further i mean maybe it wasn't my favorite zodiac cigar but i'll say this i'd love to see a line with those cigars at some point even if it's an le i mean it's something you guys should I mean, it's a. I mean, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Just because it's, it's not. We haven't seen anything like that ever. I mean, from an innovation standpoint, I haven't seen anyone do that. So, like, yeah. Ever, and I was 
blown away because like you know when you first look at it you're like hey that's two rappers or something they're like no it's not two rappers and i'm like wait what did you paint it like no we didn't paint it you know it was like compression with with uh stems and i was like dude how did you come up with this like what were you guys doing that you were like hey man let's press and leave (laughs) you know like they're rolling up things you know like yeah i mean like what what happened but god bless you like because it was incredible it it really was um and like i said when you see that like even when i got the press release when i first looked at the photos i'm like they probably painted stripes up but then i read it i'm like i'm reading this I'm like okay and then when you see and touch that cigar it's it's like you know there's right. nothing that's ever been done like that before uh so you guys with innovation still very much in, in high gear at Davidoff when, when I saw that for sure. Yeah, no, and, and, and trust me, it, it is it is it is in very, very high gear. It's just it's coming out in the form of a limited edition. Yeah. Madness. I mean, I know I know you guys probably can't you can't mass produce those, but I mean, yeah, it makes it would be something I'd love to see come back in some other forms at some point. Um because right. of that. Is that something that you yeah. just a question? Is that I'm, something I'm, I'm with you. Is that something you guys have patented or anything? I'm just kind of curious. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. okay. I mean, maybe. I, I don't even know if you could. Yeah. I, I don't. I. I don't I've know. seen some strange. I've seen um, some stranger things get patented lately. That's why I was just wondering. <laughs> so right. that would something but, I could see being right, patented. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so th- that's a good question, and maybe I mean we have a, a pretty legal department. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, somebody should definitely do something with that again. I, yeah. I never even got to see, you know, we do the, the limited edition humidor and they did those in Toros. I never even got to see that in person. I just saw it in photos. I was like, man, I just want to smoke one of those. You know right. What I, mean? so I, I know. <laughs> to see what it's like. But um, it, it's cool. And, and um, yeah, everything is super neat, you know. So uh, and the whole innovation thing is super neat. But like I. Aside from being a an employee uh, of a of a killer company, like and understanding the strategies and helping and working in it and all that kind of stuff, like I'm still very much a Davidoff fanboy, and like it's pretty cool to have that feeling and that emotion because like it makes you actually understand, like, dude, I get it. Like you're proud of, of your core as you should be because it performs so well. Like, why do you need to do anything else? Like, man, that to me, like an anniversary number three in a tubo, if, if you like Connecticut cigars, there is, it's very hard to find anything like that in this planet. Sure. You know, and, I, I... and, and you know, all these years later and it's still just, crushes you know eddie it goes back bear and i were at the davidoff factory a few years ago and i think we really all fell back in love with the grand crew um what a great cigar it was like you did the tasting what was that did you do the tasting yeah did you do the tasting seminar yep. where they, they they do it by component yep i had the same the yep. same same yep. type of motion as you did i was like god damn this is good. It, it really simplicity. was. Yeah, yep. it really was. And uh, like I said, it kind of, we got all reinvigorated with that cigar being down there and just kind of going through that. Uh, 
you know, I know those are some very unique tasting seminars you go through uh, with that. So, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so that, that's cigar. You know, what that cigar reminds me of is uh, Anthony Bourdain in, in one of the books that he wrote uh, speaks about really great dishes of food comes down to simple ingredients no more than four ingredients but it's all about the true quality of ingredient you know so if you're in a restaurant it's a lot of times like yeah whatever yes because what you're eating is fucking canned man yeah. you know what i mean but like yeah. if you're like picking it in your yard and it's just like true true quality a ingredient dish is incredible and I know that the story of, of Grand Cru is compared to Bordeaux wine, but mentally I've always said I compared it to that to you know passage from Anthony Bourdain when he speaks about food. I'm like, man, it's it's three types of tobacco. That's it. But yeah. the quality of the ingredient is so good, and the way it's blended, and the percentages, and the balance is so great. Like the cigar is just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, oh, I agree. But I agree. Okay, speaking of food, this is going to be our cattle baron steak question of the night. All right, this is related to steak. And I don't think we've hit you with this one before, <laughs> but I want to ask you, um, what is your favorite cut of a steak? And then the second question is, I want to know what your favorite side dish is with a steak. Dude, first of all, so I am a steakaholic. <laughs> And Good. I probably eat steaks three times a week. I like, I, I'm, it's like, it's Carney and myself. We send each other like photos of like, yeah. uh, you know, so like yeah. I can make a steak any which way between my, my, my trigger, my Weber, my sous vide, like Zarzar and all that stuff. Like I, I'm in it. Dude, I got something in a sous vide right now that I'm putting in for 48 hours because I'm, I'm, gonna hammer it tomorrow nice so answering that question is is extremely difficult but i <laughs> I, I i i will say some things man it depends how i'm gonna cook it you know everybody's gonna tell you wagyu right oh wagyu is the best you know like yeah if you could get real wagyu but like what i don't like wagyu is that it's so goddamn rich yeah, yeah. you're gonna eat two two ounces of it and you can't you can't put it on your grill because your grill will catch on fire, right? Yeah, yep. It's just all fat and all fat. stuff. So, you know, when it comes to like really cooking, like I'm gonna have to stick to prime, right? So mm -hmm. we'll start with with prime, and I, I think the typical answer would always be you know ribeye because mm -hmm. of you know fat yep. is flavor, which yep. it, it it totally is, but I don't know. I'm trying, being that I eat so much red meat, like I'm trying to watch my cholesterol too a little bit. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> it's I, not I, really, it's not I have a little problem with that these days. I can tell you that when you it's, hit 50. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not really working out. Um, but fuck, how do I answer that question? I don't know, man. Either, either like a really nice, I, I like bone in, like, I also like bone in if I could do it just because like if I'm sous vide first, which is probably for another discussion on shitting sous vide or not, but like it gives it just bon bonus flavor, man. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't, don't 
subscribe to the tomahawk hype. Agreed with you. I have a carny tomahawk. You made carny's tomahawks are incredible. I've had it. They taste delicious. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just not going to pay $300 at a restaurant for fucking bone and ribeye. You're paying half for a bone. Yeah. I agree. I understand that. that That uh, just took me mentally to what is going to be the winner, which is a Bisteca Florentina, which is a double cut porterhouse. Very nice. Very nice. That's a good. I don't think anyone's given that answer before. So that's a good answer. That's a very good answer. Yeah. Now, side dish. Now, side dish. Heart. Another hard thing because I, dude, so you may know this about me. You may not know this about me. Like, I rigorously exercise. quite a bit like seven days a week so i and that's because i also like to partake in an adult beverage or 10 so i try <laughs> not to bloat as much and thus i try to eliminate as much carbs as possible so my sides i have two versions of sides it's my non-carb side i'm probably gonna have to go with like sauteed mushrooms something's yeah. got umami flavor yeah. it's heart healthy i do like right. like brussels sprouts but if I had to choose salty mushrooms, where to go? Now, yeah. I don't give a shit about carbs that day. Man. Uh, probably loaded hash browns. All right. Good uh, answer. We heard that one. We haven't heard that one. That's a good answer. You know, Eddie, it's it, funny. It's, go ahead. No, no. It, it's because to me, it, it's a, it's, it's a way to get the, the, the starchy potato that we all love. Yep. And I like a little, but like, I also get the crisp. Yeah. Yeah. That's Sorry. a good answer. I like that. That's a very good answer on that. You know, Eddie, when we were going down on a Davidoff trip, um, bear and I, you know, you've flown out of Miami and there's the TGI Fridays. Mm-hmm. Where you, it's, and Aaron, this is a place you can smoke in Miami airport. It's right. kind of like an outdoor the only place it's kind of outdoors and covered like in yeah. the airport. So we actually got there early at the airport just so we could smoke for a couple hours. Right. And we get there, we're smoking and then we order some food because we're hungry. And so, you know, I order like a greasy burger and onion rings and there's someone else is there orders similar and bear goes, cause you made me think of this with the Brussels. Sprouts. He goes and orders a, a thing of Brussels sprouts. Only that's it. Only. Yeah, <laughs> he's weird. Okay. Um, I I love him, man. He's good. he's good people. But when we went down, when we went down there, and then we went to Saga, that was a different story. He let go. He was oh, saving. He was saving. He saved. Down there. Yeah, that diet ended when he went to Saga restaurant. Uh, and those tomahawks came out. I'll just tell you that straight out. Yeah. So, so yeah, that ended. So those tomahawks are incredible, right? And that's why everybody goes there, and it's probably the only place you could get food of that quality in that city. There's other great places, but right. I mean, Saga, Saga, right? Right. So right. I will tell you, the dessert there is better than the steak. See, I probably were having a dessert. I was, uh, yeah, I, I, I stopped myself the two times I was there. <laughs> but I have That's seen the, the desserts taste. come out, yes. Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah. So, so, you're... you're, you're Clearly, steak men. Yep. Are you burger men? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now, Coop, now, Coop's, I, I, Coop's I a white ca- castle and what? I had my white castle. Yeah, I had recently <laughs> white castle. I really, 
Well, that was that's called burger product, I'll say. Now, have you ever gone against your natural instincts and walked into an incredible steakhouse and ordered a burger? Not. You know, there's been times I've seen people do it with me, but I've never done it. But I have seen people do it. So I, I was forced into doing it one day. So like somebody's like, hey, uh, let's go to Capitol Grill for lunch. And I was like, oh, sweet. I mean, I'll, I'll have a ribeye right now. Yeah. And, and they're like, no, 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 no. We're each going to get the Capitol Grill burger. And we each get like, we'll split a bottle of like Zin. And I was like, burgers and red wine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a team player. It doesn't sound like it's going <laughs> to suck, but I right. didn't think it man. It was uh, a super incredible experience because they're, they're, you know, they're using all the trimmings right. from all the, the, the other meats that they're, that they're cooking. And they yeah. use those trimmings to create their burgers too. do yourself a favor one day. I say do it at lunchtime because if you go for dinner, you're going to order an actual real yep. steak because yep. why not? But if you can do that. Okay. I will do it. It'll be, uh, I will definitely do it. All right. By the way, I'm just, I got my album Maduro. I'm still smoking it. <laughs> it's undubbing it. Um, Eddie, uh, what I want to do is I want to do one more short segment with you. Um, mm-hmm. And I just need to do a sponsor break, but this will be a shorter segment. So I promise. So no problem. All right. Yeah, so, all good, man. All right. So let me kind of get to our, um, our sponsors. And first of all, I want to mention uh, Tailored Smoke. Located in the heart of downtown Charlotte's epicenter and outside the Charlotte Motor Speedway in Concord, North Carolina, Tailored Smoke is your one-stop shop for a tailored smoking experience. And by JRE Tobacco, the authentic Corolla leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the golden age of cigars of Cuba, the leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars because it's one of the most challenging ones to cultivate. It fell out of favor by the 1990s in the Hamastran Valley in Honduras. Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Carojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Carojo back to the market. With over 50 years experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the JRE Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Carojo. Now with JRE Tobacco, Julio and Sanjusto bring their very own brand to market, each containing the authentic Carojo leaf. You can find that leaf in the Aladino line, in the uh, Authentic Coro Puro, San Andreas Maduro, Ecuadorian Connecticut Shade, Cameron Urbano wrapper that represents the Golden Age of Cigars from 1947 to 1961. Now available at Yolk or Should for Jerry Tobacco? A legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And I want to mention Corona Cigar Company. At Corona Cigar Company, they take pride in the fact that they are cigar fanatics just like you. That's why you'll find the best selection of the rarest and finest premium cigars available anywhere in the world. Puffs, they have special limited edition cigars available exclusively to Corona Cigar Company from famous international cigar makers like Davidoff, Abel, LFD, Drew Estate, Arturo Fuente, Gurker, and many more. They have the best customer selection, the best cigar selection, the best customer service, and money-saving discount cigar prices. But don't just take their word for it. Forbes Magazine selected Corona Cigar Company, best of the web. Corona Cigar was voted a top five internet cigar retail by Smoke Magazine. Cigar aficionado wrote, Corona Cigar Company, the largest, best stock cigar shops in America. Place an order online at www.coronacigar.com or visit one of Corona's four central Florida superstores and cigar bars and see for yourself why Corona Cigar Company is the ultimate cigar experience. We'll get into our Alec Bradley Live True segment sponsored by Alec Bradley. Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley. Visit alecbradley.com to find out more about their cigars. Live True. 
So, Eddie, we're going to kind of continue the theme. We kind of got away from some of the hardcore cigar talk and branding, and we're going to kind of continue with maybe some conversations that we have in cigar shops or just the cigar Ooh. lifestyle. Now, I'm going to kind of preface this. You know, I do the show with Abe on KMA Talk Radio, and, and you've actually um, have come up with a segment I know that we do. Um, it's right. a uh, it's a it's a it's kind of a takeoff of um, the old uh, name that tune game show where right. they play a sample of a, of a song and you have to guess what the song is. Um, it, Eddie, I don't know if you've seen some of the segments over the past few months. It's kind of like Alex picks the music and it's either something really hard or really easy. But boy, I mean, he's I'm a music guy and he's they've stumped me on a lot of those. So I know that you're a music guy as well. We've kind of just talking about that. I want to get into a little more what kind of makes you tick with music here. (sighs) (laughs) I don't know. Did I hit a nerve? Yeah. So what it is, is that is. People that know my musical taste, like don't understand me. They just. So. I originally went to school for sound engineering because like I love music. I never did anything with That's it. That's what my you son know, went to school for. One of my sons did that. Classes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I loved it. Right. And um, I just, I quickly, I interned in some studios and I quickly learned like, yeah, this is not for me. Right? That's what he, by the way, my son had the same experience. Business. He had the same experience, <laughs> my son. Yeah. Just so you know. Yep. But I like, I love music so like growing up you know very young in the 80s and then the 90s like and i i grew up at, at the time like our family was very humble beginnings like we i didn't have cable tv you know we played sports that's all we did but other than that it was just like listen to music so um man i love everything from jazz and all forms of jazz like i can go into like crazy african jazz latin jazz you know modern day whatever new york and then i dance music is just something that i originally was working with a lot of producers um especially just because we had the nightclubs for the family so i was getting involved in that um classic rock um blues heavy into blues so when i had my, my whiskey and cigar bars in thailand I had like American blues bands performing there consistently. Wow. Right. Cause blues, blues is like, it is the, the cradle of, of rock and roll and hip hop actually, which a lot of people don't, don't know that. And I thoroughly, 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 thoroughly appreciate it. Like, and, and in my travels, if I'm in some Southern places, I will try to find out where's their live blues playing because like i want to hear some like gritty old stuff you know mm-hmm. um god i listen to so much man i i i can't even tell you it, it's it's i'm 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 pretty much everywhere except for country music don't know why tried but traditional country music i just i can't i don't know oh, it's okay i mean you have a i know you have a wide variety and, you know, I, I've seen this throughout your career. I mean, before you were Davidoff, you, you did a lot of music with the, I remember the, the Trinidad releases. And mm-hmm. you know, when, when you came over, I remember during the pandemic, you had the DJ going, as you talked about. Um, mm-hmm. So I definitely, I know you're 
I got a, so I got a question. I'm just kind of curious about and this. May be a little um, off the wall question, but so I do. I do the. We have a uh, primetime jukebox, which is our music cigar show, and a lot of things that we've talked right. about is the role of the DJ in what's happening with music over the last right. like 25 years. Like, like the DJ is no longer a guy who is just spinning a record right now. He's become more of an integral part of the production. And I was just wondering what your thoughts mm-hmm. are on that, because I think it's something that does get overlooked a lot. So, um, yeah, I, I could actually get rather deep into that because so one of the nightclubs that my, my family owned at point in time was like number one dance club in the world, like 10 years in a row. And it was really like big DJ bass. So like all these huge cats, like, man, we used to book DJ Steve Aoki for $500 a night. Right. And, and that was my job. I was the, the musical director so i was like kind of looking into who was the upcoming next talent and like man we i used to book marky ramon you know to come dj it was like a really cool time and what it is is you got to understand what the dj's function is right so people think a dj is just a guy that plays music right while true he's not right he's a guy that gives you a false sense of reality for just a moment. He's your escape. He's the, he's, he's the conductor of your escape. And that's what music is, man. You know, you walk into a venue that's playing music and, and a DJ's DJing, his job is to take you on a journey to keep you there and lose control for hours as long as possible. You know, and, and if you look at a DJ set, like he's reading crowds as he's playing music and he's, he could tell where people like start going to the bar a little bit more or they just don't leave the dance floor. So like his job is to keep that journey going. And like, there's so many peaks and valleys and emotional roller coasters that you go on and you'll always leave like these venues and be like, man, the music was just like, yeah, fucking incredible. I had such a great time. I want to go back. I want to, you know, your, your girl's like, I want to keep on dancing. It, it's great. But what I've also figured, um, music very much like lighting in a venue right? Sets a mood. It sets a tone. It sets what's going to happen that evening. Why I've been kind of attracted to creating playlists and using music for that, because I think it's a great way to tell a story without the person telling you a story. So if I'm giving you a playlist of music to smoke with the cigar, I want to take you on a journey with that cigar and you're just like listening to stuff and you're talking to your buddies, but like, man, you're like, oh man, that's cool, man. I never heard that. Oh man, that's neat. But like, you're somehow being transported into like, what was the inspiration behind that cigar and behind that blend? Like, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to a beach bar or something, or you're just out there and you're listening to cool tropical music. Like that will always be ingrained in your head as that moment and that vacation with those drinks and that, you know, so like, it's kind of like recreating that and, making it accessible so we have it accessible for example like on spotify itunes and on youtube like we created like animated videos so you could like pop it up in your store and let it run for four hours you know so like it's really an integral piece um i think to enjoyment man um just like lighting is i mean if you walk into a place and the place is too bright you're like but like when you have like mood lighting you know it's it's a vibe. It's the same thing with aromas, man. So if you walk into my home, like I'm super big on that, man. We have awesome lighting, always cool music. My, my wife has a candle company. We got great aromas going in. It just sets up energy and a tone to what you're about to 
to experience. So to come back to your original question, you know, especially in, in concerts and all that stuff, a DJ is used to get people emotionally prepared for whoever musician is going to come out and perform, man, because like they build that energy up. So when that musician comes out to perform, they're like, yo, I'm fucking hype. Versus like if they played shitty music or you had a shitty person opening up from, it's like, mm, I don't know, man. You know, so it, it, it's, um, it's, it's why we have certain music in the gym, right? Like you, you listen to the right music in the gym, like the adrenaline rushes, you can work out harder even when you showed up exhausted. Yeah. It's, it's kind of powerful. Um, and that's why I cling on to it so much. And I love it so much because it, it, it's, it's, it's a mover of, of humans and emotions. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Aaron's seen that when we put Motley Crue on in our car one. <laughs> and I just Yo, hit the accelerator. Coop's driving. And I just hit the accelerator. Yeah, I hit the accelerator on Las Vegas Boulevard. <laughs> Dude, but that, but that's, that's really it. Like, hey, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm, I'm going to, uh, the first week of August, I'm going to fly to LA um, with Antonio Gomez. Him and I are going to go to uh, see the Red Hot Chili Peppers' birthday over there. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, dude, it, it, and it, it's just going to be a really cool experience. But, like, music will do that to you, right? Yeah. A and it's probably why the Rolling Stones are still on tour. People want to cling on to a certain period or a memory in time. It doesn't matter how old and dusty these people are. Like, you still you still want to go, right? Yeah, so, like, yeah. I'm, I'm stoked to go see the Peppers, even though they're probably obviously not the same, but like music, music does that. Like I've held on to that emotion. Yeah. Uh, you will, have you seen the Peppers before? Years ago. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I mean, it's a really, it's a great show is what I'll just tell you. Um, yeah. So, so uh, and, Super and, stoked. yeah, I became a big flea fan after seeing him go live. Uh, Dude, uh, he is the, ultimate bass guitarist he makes the, if yeah you ever, if you if you he's actually an incredible jazz musician yeah. and an incredible he plays trumpet incredible and i love watching music documentaries so when they were making blood sugar sex magic there was incredible black and white documentary on on that which yeah is, you should fully watch that yeah i mean the one instrument i've hacked with because i don't want to say i played is the bass um and obviously, I'm like, I was never good at it, but that's the one. But Flea, actually, what I always liked about him is he kind of made the bass almost like a lead instrument, uh, you know, when he played, which I thought was a really cool thing. Yeah. You know, his incredible bassist is Abe Flores. Oh, he's very good. Yes. So, um, yes. I've, when I, 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 uh, yeah, I've when seen, I, when I see it, he sent me some of his recordings. When I uh, had my, my place in Thailand, I used to import his product. And and he would come fly over to do events, and he played with the with the blues band that had going on over there, which is always super cool. Like he went from rolling cigars to be like, all right, excuse me, perfect. It was like it was, it was a really cool thing to to experience. But. Yeah, yeah. All right, a couple of, I'll have a couple of quick hit questions I'll ask you. Um, an album that just blows you away, and I know there may be more than one, but what's an album that comes to mind that blows away? Man, I'm I'm like literally drawing blank because there's probably so many. So actually, you know what? Like I'm I'm a fan of the Doors. I know it's a weird thing to 
just oh. out of the blue to, to say. I think Jim Morrison was is, is quite the poet, man. He's he was really cool. I, I, I would say the doors and I Led Zeppelin. And then I'm going to completely cross over and say the latest album of Kendrick Lamar because it is pure artistry. Um, I'm not saying that's something that I'm going to be dancing to because it's not that <laughs> kind of music at all. But it, it's something that I find very innovative in today's musical scope because people are just making music to make people dance and get clicks and all that stuff. And what this guy did is he created an album that you have to listen to the first song all the way through in chronological order or the album does not make sense to you. Yeah. You're just like, huh? You know, so the fact that somebody today is using artistry to kind of tell a story that way, I, I find it um, incredible. Yeah, that's the artist mentality in me where I I, I, I like. But man, I, I can't even answer the rest of the question because there's just so many albums. I, that I, are I, yeah, I can imagine, incredible. and I, I, yeah, I know that's always a hard question to ask. It's actually Andrew, you know, on the jukebox show, we we do uh, a lot of album. Uh, we call it album archaeology, and we, we talk a lot about this idea of track placement and how you have to sometimes listen to things in a certain order. So uh, it's kind of something that's gotten lost in recent years just because of the nature of the way the business has gone. But it is it is a, a very interesting thing to see. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Last question. Um, you were talking about concerts. What's a concert that kind of you went to, you didn't think you'd like and really surprised you? Coldplay. Really? Yeah. Interesting. You know, it's interesting. I think, I, I think they probably can put on the best concert known to mankind. You know, I... um. I had a similar experience when I watched them play at Live Aid. Um, I, you know, I wasn't. I just kind of was very surprised how good they were. And they brought, um, they brought on the guy from the Verve, uh, Richard Ashcroft. Um, and it was yeah, uh, I, I saw it on TV. That was super cool. Yeah, and there's a whole documentary about that too. Actually, on YouTube somewhere, like how how that all came about. So yeah, he sang Bittersweet Symphony on. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of the highlight of Live Aid. People will say to this day. Um, it was kind of like that when yeah. Queen did Live Aid, kind of that was the moment, like the big moment at that concert. So, or that people, yeah, talk. that that they're they're dude, man, they're an incredible band, and um, my wife wants to murder me because I they were just in town and I didn't get tickets. So she oh. keeps, like, <laughs> yeah, nah. So I got right. way, way start the marriage off and yeah, not good, good not good start. Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep your wife happy. <laughs> It was like we just came back from our honeymoon and we just had our wedding and and like my my mind was like and I was out I was out of work for three weeks man I, you're out of work for three weeks you got to work like if you work for nine weeks right, right. So, get back, like, yeah, yeah. You know? I'm doing that this week I know, <sighs> I know. you know and it, it was it was hard catching up and like I had an alarm on my phone and like ignored it to like purchase a ticket but it was time to purchase a ticket like I couldn't so yeah no that's good so yeah right. Well, Eddie, I uh, want to thank you very much uh, for your time. Uh, thanks for the support you, as well uh, from the Davidoff and, and all you guys. Um, I hope we cross paths soon. I mean, I hope we'll be sooner than later. Yeah. But but uh, we do appreciate Absolutely. you, and uh, thank you so much. No, likewise, man. Thank you guys so much. I uh, I miss being on the show, so this is good, and hopefully – Hopefully we, we see each other soon, man. It would be absolutely great to reconnect with everyone. So yeah, sounds good. I look forward yeah. to it. I look forward to it in, in my travels and hopefully right, we, we see you soon.
Thanks yep. a lot, Eddie. Likewise. Eddie, thank you very much. You have a great night. Oh, no, and... my pleasure, man. Thank All right, you we'll, very much. We'll be... All right. That's Eddie Guerra of Davidoff of Geneva here on the primetime show. Um, well, we got a couple more segments to do, Aaron. Yeah. Um, so let's kind of get into it. We haven't done a Soprano segment in a while. Yes. Um, but I think uh, uh, we got to do this one. So we were, we were at the media compound. Mm-hmm. I think we had just gotten back from the show, right? Yes. We, and we're sitting around, I guess, the kitchen table. Right. And the message comes from Joe Grow. Yeah. Uh, of Tony Sirico passing. Yes. So uh, I didn't really have a chance. It was kind of interesting. I, you know, we have that group chat, and I think we were just so busy, we really didn't get into it as much. A right. little bit of it. Yeah. But um, I think we would be remiss if we don't do some Tony Sirico uh, memories tonight. For yep. sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so first thing, were you surprised of his passing? I wasn't surprised of his passing, by the way. No, Not that I had any I mean- info. I don't remember how long ago it was when they kind of did that reunion. I don't remember if it was a magazine or a TV show that kind of did the reunion. He didn't, he didn't seem to be in that great of a shape then. Um, He did look very old at that point. So it does not really surprise me um, that he was kind of in bad health recently and in past. Yeah. um, Mine was because I watched the talking Soprano when Mm -hmm. you watched it um, on YouTube and they did like 91 episodes and he was the only major character who was not on there. And it, I don't think it was because it, they talked very highly of him and they, but right. it was almost like they held back saying, we're going to, they never said we're going to get him. Yeah. They, but it was almost like th- they couldn't get him, I guess is really. Right. So I was sensing, and I remember that TV show and I was just wondering, you know, if, if, if time was catching up with him or if he had just, retreated into a retirement i wasn't really sure but it was still odd that he was the only character who was alive that wasn't yeah. on, i mean on they had they had you know they had silvio they had everyone else on there pretty right. much that i could think of so um but i would say you know we i think we did a, you know we did i remember we were doing favorite characters and he's the character that i think that always comes up next to tony yeah. you know if you did a poll i'd say he was the probably the second most popular character behind right. tony yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and he was just, you know, it's funny because I was watching um, Lily Hammer. Uh-huh. And he did, a, you know, he was on Lily Hammer for, for a couple of episodes. Okay. He, he played uh, the Stephen Van Nance character's brother, who was a priest. <laughs> oh, yes, I do remember that now. Yes, he played a priest, which, okay. yeah, so that was kind of, it was kind of different. To, and that's the only thing I really remember him doing after The Sopranos, to be honest. I don't remember him doing anything else. Um. Yeah, I don't think so. He may have done a uh, commercial or two. Yeah, he definitely did commercials. Yeah, because he did that. Uh, he did that one commercial with um, psychiatrist. I remember her name off the top of my head. Doctor Ruth? No, wasn't that the Melfi? Melfi. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Where they were doing the spelling bee. Okay, okay, like okay, okay. Now you know, I remember. Yeah, now I maybe remember. it wasn't even a commercial. It was uh, some spoofy, uh, like just satire segment or something on the show or something. So, I remember, yeah. I remember this. I do remember this now. If someone, Jay may remember it. How, how they were pronouncing that there was an English pronunciation instead of the Italian pronunciation of English words. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, for sure. You know, I don't know the scene that I kind of got hooked on the character was episode two when he is in the coffee shop with pussy (laughs) 
And, yes. you know, they're, they're asking him for an order and they're telling him about lattes and all this. And then he just gets fucking pissed and he goes, you know, I can't believe this. They're getting rich off us. We invented right. this shit, you know, the espresso, you know, and all that. And I'm like, immediately that hooked me on the character of Paulie Walnuts uh, from that point on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I was actually going to get a, a, a cat. I don't like ketchup. I was going to get a relish pack and eat it tonight, but I didn't have any relish packs <laughs> lying on the show to do that. Yeah. To pay homage to him on that. But, you know, that's, yeah. of course, the, uh, you know, and I think we've talked a lot about that scene in the um, Prime Barons. Prime Barons. Yeah, a yeah. lot. Um, but, you know, the, he was definitely he had a lot of great moments on that show. And um, I, I always thought I know John's talked a lot about when he was watching The Sopranos. You know, he was the loyal soldier to Tony, but then there was that point where he was starting to get pulled away for a little while. Yeah, he was talking uh, to Johnny Sack. Johnny Sack. Jail. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, uh, you know, that but kind then of... But then he saw when he went to see Carmine, and Carmine didn't know who the fuck he was. He, he, the fuck he, he was. knew where his bread was buttered, and he went right back. He went right back. He <laughs> said, that, that was it. <laughs> who are you? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, the, uh, you know, and, and the other thing I really liked was I liked the whole thing with his mother. Like I love the scenes with him and his mother. To me, it was uh they they were great scenes. But that one scene where the mother's friends are treating her like dirt. Yeah, and, he, and they go out to lunch. They go out to lunch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then I think he that's goes, one of Joe Gross's favorite lines from from Paulie about wrapping up the 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 uh, the rolls. So. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Then he go. Then he goes and robs. Then he goes and robs the uh, one of the friends. He kills her. Actually, he kills her. He kills her. <laughs> yeah, kills her. She's like, "You're fresh," you know. He's like, "Yeah." <laughs> oh, that that was yeah. And then it's kind of. I always liked that last episode with him and the cat. Like that cat oh, yeah, was yeah. lying around, and he hated that fucking cat for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, yeah, he's like. Uh, but when Tony comes in, he's like, oh, the, you know, he's all soft about the cat. He can't, like, say, I want to yeah, kill yeah. that cat, you know. He's like, the cat is history. And then Tony walks in, you know, oh, great cat, you know. Yeah. Or do you remember that one, the episode where he was having the dreams? Uh, yeah. You know, and he went to go see that kind of, uh, I don't remember what he was called, like a uh, mentalist or whatever it was. And he, uh, you know, he started talking to it. You know, he was getting close to what he was thinking. And he just yeah. kind of freaked out on him and kind of beat him up. So. <laughs> The one where he saw the Virgin Mary. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kevin just mentions uh, Kevin O'Connor mentions the panty snipping. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. And they were uh, just checking out the uh, <laughs> to see if there was anything going on at Christopher's apartment. Yeah. Yeah, that was right. You uh, start snipping Adriana's uh, undergarments and that's <laughs> a good one as well. Yep. Um, he. Uh, you know, there was there was so much much with that. Um there's just little things like remember when he was in jail and he's on the phone and someone does something he doesn't like. And he's like, no, they, they're changing the channel on the TV. Yeah, so they changed the channel like, on the TV. Turn that back. Up, turn know. that back. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Turn, turn that back. Uh, <coughs> I'm would, watching uh, that. <laughs> I'm watching that. I don't know. Did he say what the show was? I don't remember to be honest. <laughs> well, like Wapner or something. <laughs> I don't know. Was there, I'm trying to remember. Was there like a reason why he wasn't on those? It, like there was like four or five episodes that year he wasn't on at the beginning, and I, I don't remember. Was there was there a contract? 
then had legal trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know what was going on at that point. But yeah, I do know there was a time I, when he was in jail, obviously. Yeah. Kind of like time he was out. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe it was a contract dispute. Who knows? Yeah. And boy, he hated Ralphie Cifaretto. Oh, yeah. Well, he hated Ralphie. The, uh, you know, and then they play the whole, uh, you know, the whole Ginny Sack thing. And then, uh, you know, that whole Ginny Sack little, thing. Was, yeah. 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 And then oh, yeah, Ralphie <laughs> calls up uh, his mother. Right. <laughs> so the, uh, but yeah, I, I would say, you know, a very unique character uh, for sure. I mean, I, I heard a lot about his um, background. Apparently, you know, he had a criminal background before. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, J.D. was saying that he had surgery during that time frame. Okay. There was, I knew there was a reason why he was out. I didn't remember what it was, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jay says, and Beansy really talked Tony out of killing Paulie, explaining how he was lonely. <laughs> yeah. I think it was that, yeah, because it was that time that <coughs> they went down to, I think they went down to Miami and it was Tony and Paulie. Yeah. Go see Beansy and his daughters or whatever. Right. They were talking about something. And then all they were doing was talking about the old days. And Tony was like, this is the lowest form of conversation is t- talking about remember when and all that stuff. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I- I- exactly. For sure. With that one. Uh, uh, you know, I always wondered why like Paulie was like, he got promoted at the end of the show too. Yeah. He wasn't really like, he never was that like, I don't know how he was a capo. Right. But he wasn't that, I don't know how to explain. He was always like one step down. It seemed like, he wasn't the brightest guy. Like, he yeah, he couldn't see bigger than like what was in front of him. I don't think so. I think everybody knew that out. He was kind of some. He was a bit of muscle more than he was brains. Yeah, he de- he definitely was. Um, what but did you? Uh, yeah, he's the he's the uncle you'd love to have. <laughs> yeah. What did you think of the young Paulie Walnuts? And I know you're not a big fan of Many Saints in Newark. What did you think of the guy who played the young Paulie Walnuts? You know what? I think he was probably pretty good. I thought he was you pretty know, good. Much too, more that. than the Silvio character. Silvio character was like a cartoon character of Silvio. Yeah. Which I didn't care for. But I think the guy that played Paulie seemed like a pretty good fit for him as a younger guy. Yeah. 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 No, I, I definitely, I thought he was actually a pretty good one as well. Um. Yeah, and I'm wondering, did he actually maybe do the most hits on that show? I was wondering. Hmm. That that's a that's a question I'd have to go look up look up as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know the other one that I got to bring up one other scene, the restaurant scene where they, um, I guess they're in the restaurant and you know Christopher has to pay the bill. Uh huh. And Christopher pays the bill but doesn't tip the guy. Right. And uh. You know, and he's getting pissed at Paul. He's pissed at Paulie, like ordering right. all this, ordering all this stuff that they're not the lobsters <laughs> and everything. And Christopher pays the bill and he, he just pays it. And he's, he's arguing with Paulie. They're coming out of the restaurant. He's arguing. And then the, then the waiter comes out and he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, was there a problem with the service, sir? And he's like, uh, Christopher's like, fuck off. And then Paulie stands by Christopher with that one. And they, yeah, they, unfortunately, they beat the shit and kill that guy. <laughs> right. 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 Uh, uh, and then, and then they go, they, they, Paulie shoots the waiter. 
Yeah. Then he goes and robs the later of the twelve hundred bucks, <laughs> and then he's like, "Ah, oh, let's bury the hatchet." Uh, you know, like, we'll... yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah. they really don't because then then there's that scene where Paulie Christopher buys the house, and Paulie's right. pissed at him about something. I don't remember what he's pissed about, but Paulie takes the Cadillac and he starts like ransacking the lawn. <laughs> right. He's driving the car with that. Yeah. 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 Uh. Yeah, that was that was a good one there. So yeah, I think uh, you know he is probably the biggest death next to um, Gandolfini for sure. He's gonna be missed right now for sure. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we could go on and on about this, um, but yeah, I mean it was it was sad. I mean it was kind of the end of an era there to say the yep. least. Yep. Um, actually, there is a list of murder victims by Paulie. I just saw, <laughs> and it, it only looks like it only looks like. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, he, yeah, there's only nine people he's killed. That's probably still the most on the show, I would think. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's maybe it is, think yeah. of who else would have killed more. Like, yeah, there's one they say that happened, like uh, it was a flashback, and then the other ones happened actually on the show. Mm. And of course, yeah, I mean, uh, he killed Mikey Palmese, was, was yep. one of the uh, big pussy. Uh, of course, Valerie. I mean, we don't know if it killed the Russian guy or not. Right. Uh, Min Matron, who is the friend, Raul the waiter, and then yeah. the two Colombians he kills. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. During that one, so he kills That's, two. That was the Saturn, the stolen Saturn. Yep, yep, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yep. So, but yeah, he'll be missed for sure, and uh, yeah. pay a little homage to him tonight on our Soprano segment. Yeah. All right. All right, so what we'll do is uh, one more round of commercial breaks, and then we will get into our final segment tonight, which will put a, uh, a bow at least on what we're going to talk about with PCA this year. All right. All right, so um, let me get into that right now. We want to mention um, J.C. Newman Cigar Company, founded in 1895 by Julius Season Newman. J.C. Newman Cigar Company is the oldest family-owned premium cigar maker in America. For four generations and 127 years, J.C. Newman has been handcrafting many of the world's finest cigars. J.C. Newman is headquartered in an iconic 111-year-old cigar factory in the Ybor City National Historic Landmark District of Tampa, Florida. At the factory known as Elder Hole, J.C. Newman does premium cigars by hand and hand-operated antique machines. The J.C. Newman Pence Factory is the second largest in Nicaragua, and it's where Brickhouse, Pearl del Mar, El Baton, Quorum, and Yago cigars are hand-rolled. J.C. Newman's Diamond Crown, Maximus, Julius Caesar, and Black Diamond cigars are handmade by tobacco art A. Fuente in the Dominican Republic. With its longtime partners, the Arturo Fuente family, the Newmans founded the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation, which supports low-income families in the Dominican Republic with education, vocational training, health care, and clean water. Visit jcnewman.com to learn more. And by Cuevas Cigars. The Cuevas Cigars has five generations of experience in cigar making. For many years, they've manufactured cigars for many industry leaders out of the Las Labas factory in the Dominican Republic. Now the Cuevas family has brought their very own brand to market with Casa Cuevas Cigars. You can try the Casa Cuevas Kinetic, Abano, Maduro, La Mandaria, Patrimonio, as well as the Cuevas Reserva line. If they don't carry it, be sure to ask your local retailer for Casa Cuevas Cigars. Casa Cuevas Cigars, from our casa to yours. And we're going to get into our industry talk deliberation segment, sponsored by Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. There is no deliberation when it comes to Dunbarton's track record since launching in 2015. This has included seven consecutive top three appearances in the Halfway Consensus, including number one cigar of the year in 2020 with the Mi Carita Tricky Chaka. You can visit DTT Cigars to find a purveyor that carries the brands of Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. So, Aaron, 
Um, what I wanted to do in this last segment here uh, is let's let's we're going to use the developing palette scale. All right. uh, and I listed tw- uh, 12 companies. Okay. You can add some more if you want at the end. Um, and I just want to kind of grade how their trade show was uh, using the developing palette scale from one to 10. And right. the criteria could be whatever you want. OK, I'm going to base mine on products they had, booth activity, um, you know, buzz, you know, little things like that. But primarily, I'm going to I'm going to base it more, not buzz, but more. What I'm going to look at is basically were people interested in their products, were people, you know, were they engaged at the booths, uh, right. whether people, you know, things like that. And, and, and you know, because I think buzz is very subjective. So, sure. Um, I listed 12 companies and these are just ones that came to mind here. Um, that I don't think we, we really, we didn't really do anything like this on Monday night too much. So that's why right, I kind right, of, right. Yeah. and then we'll see. All right. So let's start it off with Alec Bradley. How would you score them? Um, I'll go with a six. Um, and reason behind that score was they did have a lot of traffic in the booth. Um, so they, you know, a lot of attention, things like that. Um, I'm going to kind of take some points away for the mystery PCA exclusive. And then what it turned out to be is kind of a remix of some old brands. Um, based on the story, it seems like they, they found bands, but these are not necessarily like true to the original blends. So I'm not right. so sure about that whole kind of a scenario. Um, but yeah, I would, I would give them a six, which is still a solid score. Yeah. I mean, again, we're going, we're using the whole 10 point system here. Um, I, I went seven and, um, I don't think the the new mix classics had the same buzz as when they did the mystery cigar with um, Magic Toast. Right. Um, Ma- I think Magic Toast really they did a good job with that one. Not that they didn't do a good job with this one, but um, yeah. So I mean, it, it, I don't want to say it was, I wasn't totally surprised they went with it. They kind of let the cat out of the bag because they teased it. And once they teased it, I think they took yep. the mystery out of it. Yep. So I, I think they would have. This is my expression that me teasers never work because mm-hmm. I think the second we saw it, we, we knew it was a sample right away. Yeah. Um, but um, I did like the broadleaf cigar that they released uh, mm-hmm. the double broad. I'd had one before and I had one after um, it was a, a very good cigar. So um, I didn't smoke any of the seven by seventies, but I thought, you know, I, I could see a market with that. Uh, they had a lot of activity in their booths for sure. So I give him a seven. I think uh, we're not too far off on that one. All right. All right. This one, we're going to go a little different. Artista cigars. Um, I'm going to give him a seven. Um, new branding this year. So kind of a new, uh, I wouldn't say necessarily, I don't think the booth was necessarily new. It looked fairly similar to the one from last this year new, but with a new, new logo. Yeah. Um, but uh, they were definitely busy. Um, a lot of traffic in there. Um, got some new releases going on, um, kind of showing off their kind of uh, budget side of things, as well as the rebranding for some new core lines. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I thought they did a really good job. Um, I think the logo looks great. Um, very clean. Um, you know, um, I guess taking out the L out of the Artista part makes it a little bit easier for people to understand. So, yeah, seven. You know, going in, I was a little negative on it, right? Because I, I wasn't sure about that new logo. And a lot of times when, I, when I'm a little unsure about the logo, when I see it, I, I get a little more impressed. And I was definitely more impressed with the new logo. Um, I loved how they restructured the portfolio mm-hmm. um, because of 
I, I'm, I'm, I'm very much in favor of having like pillars in a portfolio collections, if you may. Right. Rather than like, and I think that's one of my big complaints about like Rocky Patel's is you don't really have a true, he has now they have Honduran and Nicaragua, but it, it's still too wide. So I think this kind of puts some structure into it. And, and this is coming from me and you're going to be surprised that paper boy, which is everything I should hate about packaging. <laughs> I, I liked it. Right. I liked it. Um, because at least they did. It wasn't like they reused a newspaper to go right. package it. They actually put some creative stuff on yes. there that kind they of did. Some fake, fake, funny news in there. So, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's a bundle cigar. I mean, I think actually that's something that would probably sell well online. I'm curious about I have I have one of the bundles. They gave me one of the bundles. Yeah. So I actually gave them a seven as well. I think they yeah. they did a nice job. And, uh, you know, I told Kevin a lot of this. I even said to Kevin Newman, who's uh, he's their marketing guy and their vice president. Yeah. I said I was unsure about that logo. Part of why I was unsure about the logo is the pictures they sent out didn't have the final packaging. Uh-huh. So it had temporary. It had temporary pack. It was mocked up. Right. But they had the ones there on the new cigars. And I thought it looked a lot better. Yeah. So. So yeah, I uh I, I give them a seven. I think they did a nice job with it. Um, yeah. So uh, and uh, you know I've 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 been quietly impressed with the product. So so right. that, that's good. Now I don't know if you visited these guys, Aaron. So you may give them a Casa 1910 cigars. I did visit them. Um, and since we're using the DP scale, I can use some decimal points. I'm gonna go with a six point five here. Uh huh. Um, the booth is very nice. I think it's very similar to what they had last year. Um, I don't know that much changed in the actual booth layout. Um, they had mariachis there. That was cool. I think it's the same guys that we saw the night before at dinner. Um, so that was also cool. Um, but um, I, I still have questions with the way they structured their lines. And I know you just said with, with Artista that you like the pillars. But with this one, I'm a little not so sure about because the way that they're – it's what's confusing to me is that you see – the, these two these two lines they have cavalry series or edition in the uh, I, I had them both revolutionary series revolutionary yeah um, so you see the two cigars in one series with the same color band but they're different blends but you can't really tell except for the name and you don't know if that's the Vitola name or the line name for the brand it's confusing to me. Um, so I'm, I'm very interested in trying them, uh, you know, a Mexican brand, you know, trying to feature Mexican tobaccos. One, one of the series is Mexican Puros. The other series is not, but still uses Mexican tobacco. Right. Very interested in that. But the branding is a little bit confusing for me. Um, so that's why I'll kind of get them right, you know, in that 6.5 range. I actually am a six. Um, I, first of all, I think the booth, they had a great presentation. Uh, Manolo did a great job with the presentation. That's not the issue. Yeah. Uh, he did a great job. They were really engaging and friendly um my concern is the price points of, are high on those cigars and i think that's going to be a problem uh unfortunately going into a very competitive trade show and i think that hurts them with it so um i haven't smoked i've smoked one of the cigars again i think that stuff's a little high priced so i think they're they have to do a little more selling with this it's um, very high priced yeah you have to do a little more selling with this one um the booth was wasn't empty but it wasn't packed either so, but I, I do think I Manolo did a very nice presentation to us and, and talked to us a lot about it. And, um, you know, I think when you talk to him, it, it, it becomes, I, I think I kind of understand revolutionary and Calvary. And if I had to just make it in the simplest form, 
revolutionaries and stuff made in Mexico, cavalrys and stuff made in Nicaragua. Right. But each of the but but they're doing kind of what um like Falto does. One size, one blend. It, it seems like the, they, they're using very. Much I think. The in, I think in one there's two that are similar blend, different sizes. In the in the Calvary, I, I believe in the Calvary. Yeah, if I'm if I you might be I'm right on that one correctly. So yeah. it, it's it, it is a little confusing to me. Yeah, and one in the in the revolutionary has a three year wrapper. The other one has a five year wrapper. Yeah, yeah. So it was a little confusing. I think, like I said, um, I I give him a I take some points up. I give him a six, but not because of the booze or. The activity, like I said, more so I think there's some confusion and definitely those price points are high. Yeah. yeah. CLE. Uh, I'll go with a 5.5. Um, the booth was kind of a stripped down version. I don't I don't remember what their booth looked like last year. That's right. just a, a mistake on me. I don't remember. But I don't know if they had stripped it down last year like a lot of other brands did or not. But I do remember like the big white kind of cornerstones in there with the, like the nice seating and stuff like that. This just seemed like um, I don't want to say it was like Ashton because it was not like Ashton. Ashton they, you know, they had product in the, in the booth, but they had just kind of the table and the chairs set up in the, in the middle, it seemed like. Um, and uh, yeah, there's product around the outside um, and you got to see, I think the big draw, I think for anybody that was going into that booth, so if they were looking at product was, kind of like the Asylum 10, Asylum 11 kind of packaging to see right. what that looked like. Right. But other than that, it just didn't seem like, you know, I, and I know that's not the, the goal of what they're there for and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, from, from our side of things, it just wasn't as exciting as some of the other things that were there. Yeah, Tom's going to beat me up on this. Uh, I'm going to give them a six, right? They were the most underwhelming booths, I thought, for me this year. Um, because they've always had a very high caliber booth, I thought, over, over previous years. And they had a lot of new product this year. Mostly of it was line extensions. But you know what? That's still new product in my book, right? And I think I'm doing my recaps. And there's probably more new CLE products that, have, that were being sold than most companies. There's a lot of line mm-hmm. extensions in there. The problem is their product didn't show up when I was at right. the booth. So you couldn't see the product. Yeah. And that's 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 where I take most of the points off. It, that's a hard one. Now they had if the asylum stuff was was there, but some of the other stuff was not. Um, the PCA exclusives were not there when I saw them. I mean, right. I don't, so that's a PCA exclusive. You know what? And, and I, I got to say, you, you got to get you got to find a way to get your PCA exclusive there and, and have it highlighted. And so that was a big loss. But I don't think necessarily, I mean, they added some Toro sizes. They added some Churchill sizes. I like the fact they previewed the Asylum 11. I thought that was a good one. So I don't think they had a terrible show, but I think they, you know, I think unfortunately they got, you know, for whatever reason, their stuff didn't make it and it was unfortunate. And that's where they're going to lose some of the points in my book. And they didn't have that big new line this year. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the other thing that hurt. And I understand they they have a massive portfolio. So I don't think you want to every year introduce a line, but. I think you still had to have the product there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Uh, I'll go with another 6.5. Um, same booth layout uh, as, re- you know, past years. Um, but what's nice, what's nice there is that the booth is always busy, but the appointments seem to run uh, as they should. Um, Steve's not really working too much in like what's going on for the rest of the team. He's doing his sit down on the couch time with his appointees. Um, but the rest of the team is running really well. 
So, um, you know, David, uh, you know, Cindy, his wife, uh, Chris helping them out. Like they're, they're, they're running and doing what they're supposed to be doing and all that stuff. And it seems like everything works out well. Um, you know, people always want to stop by and see Steve and, you know, that kind of happens no matter what, but, um, the product, you know, product is there. If you want to see it, um, the big long table that you could sit at and write orders, all that kind of stuff. It's, yep. it, it just, it works. Um, and I, you know, don't, I wouldn't change something that works. And, um, if something works, it's, it's valuable. So that's, yeah, I'll go with that. I'm going to go eight with him. I thought he had, okay. a, um, now he was shorthanded. Um, because I think John and his wife weren't there. I think right. they were supposed to be there. Um, he didn't have a, a he didn't ha- like last year was a tough year to top, and nor should he tried to top it two years in a row. So I mean, he went with a bunch of limiteds, which which is fine. I mean, I'm not a big fan of him, but uh, you know, he had he had the products there on display at least for the most part there. Um, the booth location, what I liked is it was actually this, pretty much the same booth location as last year. Yeah, uh, which kind of I like that. It kind of makes it a little easier. Um, because I knew it, I knew exactly where to find his booze before I even knew where he was on the, yeah, you know, I could easily find it. Um, I said, it seemed like I was there, I was there on day four and they were writing a lot of orders. Steve yeah. said it wasn't as crowded as, as he expected on day four when we were there, but it still seemed like a, a good, uh, activity. I love his, like, he's got the true, like, he's got like that Ikea booze, he calls it, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a nice booze for an Ikea booze. Um, right. So, I mean, I gave him an eight. I think uh, there was not much I could take away from on that one uh, in my book. So I thought it was a good one in my book. Sure. All right. Ferry Otego. Um, I'll go with six. Um, very minimalist booth. Uh, there was product to show. Uh, they seemed to be busy. Uh, it took us quite a while before we got uh, any time with um, Michael and Brendan. Um but um, yeah, I mean, they were uh, in a unique location kind of in the corner, but they were by another booth that also had uh, really good traffic. So I think that all worked out together. Um, but yeah, I think it's kind of fits with how that company has shown up to the various trade shows at, since its inception now. I mean, it started off as a, you know, kind of finished your cigar smoking lounge um, and through TPE and PCA, it's kind of maintained that uh, minimal style so um i think it worked well and seemed to have good traffic so yeah six i thought the booth location was was terrible actually <laughs> um like there's there's end booths that work but there's some that don't that one was just in it that one corner that it was in that corner on the right side in the front but it was just i don't know it's, it's people don't it, i i just thought it wasn't a great booth location yeah. um i agree minimalist booth but he did have product there um, he did have something uh, new he showed. Um, I thought, um, I said, I thought it was fine for a first year company. Uh, I kind of missed a little of the, it didn't have the lounge feel though. Like last year, right. I would have liked to have seen them maybe sponsor that, uh, have a formal thing like last year. Uh, La Polina did it one year, but I, but I actually thought it was, a, I, I actually thought that he did a, you know, a decent, I gave him a seven on that one. Okay. Um, you know, so again, it was a uh, for first year, and again, the booth was busy. So, despite the bad location, um, who am I to say we had to go back a couple of times to get to those guys as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Foundation Cigar Company, uh, I will give them a seven. Um, pretty cool booth layout, big long kind of strip, um, setup. Um, had you know, some big triangles kind of for like logo style. 
um, had like a product display on two sides, kind of had a desk up front where they were, you know, doing some business, but then they had like all these picnic tables that were kind of laid out where people were sitting and doing their business and stuff like yeah. that. Um, he would have got a 7.5, but those uh, benches suck to sit on. Um, they're really oh, hard big, and, big, and not comfortable. Big. I know that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it was good to see him back. Um, tons of buzz in the booth, busy, good music, not too loud, uh, you know, um, and really hard to get time with Nick, but that's how it usually is for him at the trade show. Um, so no different. So um, I would say that he kind of came back and didn't seem to miss a beat. So yeah, I give him, give him that seven. Um, I gave him a seven also. The, uh, the, one, the one thing is that we took advantage of the early hour to go see him, mm-hmm. uh, which I think it, like if there's certain booths that like online media should take advantage of, it's those very crowded booths. And he did get a lot more crowded because we had to go back, you know, we had to go back for our free samples. And that was right. Ben had to go, Ben was getting those free samples. Let me tell you, he went back yeah. like three times to try to get those samples. <laughs> so it was, it was crowded. Um, and the only reason he couldn't give it to us is he went way over on us and he had to go meet with someone. Right. Uh, but I thought he had good product at his shit too. Um, yeah. I wasn't overly impressed with that King Tut uh, Highland Castle, though. Mm. It didn't it didn't scream at me for whatever reason. Uh, I do like I think the Olmax is going to be a monster hit for him. I, I think yeah. that's going to be good for him. Uh, but, yeah, I would say a, a seven. And you know what? Um, you know, it's funny because I, I gave Dojo crap um, because I was like I did that um, buy, sell, hold show with, with, with yeah. Eric. And all those guys were like ready to sell foundation. And I said, no, I'm, I'm going to buy. I just had confidence that Nick was going to come back to this trade show with a bang. Yeah. And then I get on the show and they're, they're praising foundation. I'm like, guys, <laughs> you were ready. You all were selling them <laughs> off. And I was buying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I thought it was a good, I thought it was a good return for him on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Oliva. Did you go to, I know you didn't go there. Uh, we did go there. Okay. Um, you know, we took our pictures and kind of looked, you know, looked at what product they were showing and stuff like that. So, um, I would give it a 6.5. I kind of feel like it was somewhat similar to the CLE booth, but a little bit slightly improved. Um, Definitely a ton of traffic going on in there. Um, You know, good displays on on what they had, but it was kind of a similar setup where it was kind of like some, um, you know, displays on the outer perimeter of the booth layout, but um, pretty toned down uh, setup from what they've had in previous years. Yeah, I give it six. I'm going to go 6.5 exactly with that one as well. Um, and I was like, you know, I was actually going to go seven, but you put the fractions in there. So <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to go six, five. Um, no problem with like, like there was traffic in there and they had the product. Yeah. Uh, and we actually got to the guy who was behind the whole uh, Cuba Aliados thing. And he, it, that was probably one of my favorite interviews we did. Um, but the problem is I don't think they showcased that very well. Mm-hmm. It was kind of just in there and it was kind of mixed in with the other stuff. Yeah. And I would have really had that. Um, I would have, it didn't pop is what yeah. it should have popped that stuff. Uh, because I think it's a big project. And when you talk to the guy, Ed, Edward, we talked to, mm-hmm. th- there's a lot that's going to be happening in the future with this. And I think you, this was a chance to really kind of stamp it on there. And yeah. I think they missed the boat with the display. I really do with that. So I go in 6.5 with that, but not because of the products and not because of the boots. But that was such a key project to them. I think they, they kind of missed something with that. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. Placencia. 
Uh, I'll give them a 7.5. Um, similar booth layout to previous years. Um, very busy all the time. Good display of the products. Bands in there playing music. Good coffee. Like, that seems to be like, if you're kind of in that size of, and this is, I know this is like probably a very unique situation. You have a company that's, you know, very much into the tobacco growing and selling and all that stuff, but also has their own brand. Um, you know, AJ Fernandez, take note. Um, but like, this seemed like a, a really well-functioning type of booth. Lots of things to draw people in. You get attention from the music, you get attention from people coming in just to get coffee. They're in the booth. They could take a look. You got the um, the Fuego fire thing kind of going again this year, all that stuff. So really well, well designed, well laid out, well functional, heavily traveled booth. So yeah, 7.5. Um, they got to get, they get an incomplete for me because I did not have a booth visit. I walked past the booth, but uh, we were at the uh, press conference. So the other guys went up there. Okay. Uh, and it was even crowded during that 10 o'clock hour, they told me. Yeah. So, uh, and then definitely every time I saw it was crowded, I think they need a bigger boost is what I, I think they really got to invest in a bigger boost. Yeah, it definitely, I mean, people were packed in there. So yeah, yeah. they might want to do a bigger booth. Yeah. But I'll give them an incomplete just because I didn't really have the boost tour at that one. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't. Coffee, feel, coffee is fantastic. That's what I the guy said. That. Yeah. That's what the guys, they went, that's how they kind of target their morning booze. Uh, they were going day four. Day. They did not have the coffee machine was gone. So that was the first place we were going and it uh, was no good. So uh, I know that I know the guys went to Delos race one morning to get the coffee. They went to Placencia one morning to get coffee. And I forget who they went to the third time to get coffee. There was someone else. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that, that's how they do it. All right. Here's an interesting one. Room 101. Um, I will go 6.5 uh, right next to Ferry Otego. Yep. Uh, they were next door buddies. Um, very minimalistic booth. Very pretty much just a, a backdrop, uh, carpet, uh, a couple of little display table, like display podiums. I would say with some product there. Um, but it, you know, it's Matt Booth. It's a huge draw. People are always coming by to see him. Um, nobody was coming by to see Justin Andrews. So Matt no, all the uh, time. No, they sent him out to coffee. I think. Once. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So they said, they know they sent Sean out for coffee. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. So, um, I mean, there was new product there. Um, so, you know, not all of it was room one oh one. So some of it was, you know, Matt Booth touched it, but it's not really room one oh one. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it was kind of a interesting situation type of booth, but yeah, it was, yeah. Okay. What did I say? 6.5, 6, 6.5, 6, yeah. I think six. Yeah. Yeah. You said six. Yeah, I think six. I'm going five. All right. Um, it was an average booth. I guess that's the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, I exp- look. I think the I didn't the booth to me. Matt's never had the Matt's, Matt booth is never known for his booths to hit the trade show. Right. Um. Look. He, look. They had product there. Um. I. You know, you can say what you want about the general product. It was still there. Um, and guess what? I think General had a right to put the product there. It's their show. Like they they, they own the brand now. Um, and uh, they, they they said they weren't taking orders on, it, but it just seemed all over the place. You know, a lot of empty boxes. Hmm. Um, the room one on one stuff really wasn't. It, that was kind of 
the stuff on the outside was the non-room 101 stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, the LSD and then the uh, Sancho Panza is what you saw. And then you had to really go into the booths to see the other stuff. Um, I thought General, who's known for doing great booths, they could have gave him a little help here. Yeah. <laughs> is what I'm saying. And Matt's coming in kind of, you know, and he's coming in as a, a cigar designer or a cigar artist. I mean, he, I, I, look, I think the work he did on Sancho Panza and the uh, the LSD cigar, I, I like the artwork he did. I think that's that was some great artwork, and I think that's going to certainly help the brand. But um, it, to me, I just would have rather seen um, a little more with that booth. Uh, it was that stripper pole in the back, I heard. I didn't <laughs> Behind I just, the curtain, yeah. Behind the curtain, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was behind the curtain. You know? So yeah. it was like, um, yeah. he had the video games there, so I give him some credit on it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so I gave him a five, but it's more because I thought the boost was just not really nice. Okay. Uh, that's why I'm get, taking a lot of the points off with that. But, uh, yeah. um, you know, certainly he had the, the products there and stuff. So but Matt, like I said, is never known for his booze, uh, right. except w- after Davidoff. I mean, he had the nice booze at Davidoff. But after that, you know, you really haven't seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Tatawahe. I will give Tatawahe a seven. Um Really nice booth. Uh, I like the layout. Kind of walk in. Um, in each corner, there's there's some seating areas for people to do business. Yep. Um, and then um, kind of in the middle of the floor, I believe that there was some kind of display cases that had the, the new product. And then at the back was kind of another like desk, kind of similar to what um, Nick had at the foundation booth, where like Pete was kind of sitting behind that kind of counter that was there and. You know, I don't know that was controlling the samples from there and all that kind of stuff. But it was a, it was a pretty nice layout. I, I I liked it, and it was it was quite busy in there all the time too. Yeah, we we were there day four, and we were that was like one of the first booths we hit. We actually went there before Saka, mm-hmm. and um, I give him a seven five. Uh, I kind of agree with everything you said um, about that. Um, what I liked is Pete had the new products on display, so yeah. you could see the new products on display. Um, I'm, you know, I think he's not going to ever go back to the to the monstrosity booze he had, which was a beautiful booze. Yeah. But I think this is, I, I think he, t- it was a, it was a bigger step up than last year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think everything was displayed better. It was uh, like it the was, happy medium between those two designs. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think you know these open floor booths are where the companies are going with right now. Yeah. So, um, the uh, like I said, I give him a seven five. I think it was solid. It was solid for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's above average. We're talking. Right. Yeah. And the last one, I maybe, I mean, the last one is interesting. I don't know if you went there. Villager. Yeah, I'll give it a six. Um, pretty much the same as what I remember from TPE uh, for their booth. Um, not Nothing extravagant like they had in uh, 20. When was the last one they did? 19 or 18? Um, 18. Because 19, okay. they skipped. Because 18 was pretty was it 18 or maybe I'm thinking about their, did they have a large TPE setup? They had a large TPE setup as okay, well. Okay. That's maybe that's what it was then. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, definitely scaled down, but still nice. Still Villager kind of style. Um, good layout. Um, I don't remember seeing any large amount of product that was in the booth. Um, but you know, Renee's a great guy and um, they were, you know, he's very, you know, welcoming to people in the booth and things like that. So there's um, what I find when I sit, when I sit down with Renee is um, conversation like is like off of cigars pretty much immediately. Like you're just talking about 
family and travel and things going on and stuff like that. So like he's just very welcoming and things like that. And that seemed to be like how the booth always was like always kind of in depth conversations that were going on. So um, yeah, I'll give it a six. I was very hard on Villager going into the show. Um, Cause I just, I think they've lost their way in a lot of things lately. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that there was very little media that covered them this year when they used to be one of the, like over the, you know, ever since Renee got there, that was always a boost. They had a lot of media there and a lot of media right. coverage. But what I saw um, that Miami cigar looks really nice. First of all, that they have, I don't know if you saw yeah. Miami, Miami cigar. Yeah. I, I like the booth overall. Um, I didn't get, unfortunately I did not get a chance to talk to Renee, but I was pleasantly surprised uh, with, you know, as down as I was about Billiger going to the show, I, I thought they came into the show and did a, a nice job. And I'm going to agree with that six on there as well. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, it, it was better than I expected. Um, just, I think there was more activity there when I expect, like I said, the, the few times I walked past there, there was a lot more activity. So yeah. as down, I, I, I think they still need to fix a few things to be honest with you. Um, and like, Renee's a great guy. I agree with you. I think he's got a lot on his plate is with the problem. Right. Yeah. I think that's simply what it is. Um, he doesn't have a marketing team or marketing arm like he used to have. So I, I think mm-hmm. a lot of that has to go to, but, but I'll give him a solid six. I think, uh, from what I saw and it was activity there and that Miami product looks very impressive. Uh, I just loved, it was one of the nicer, uh, design Villager products I've ever seen. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I'm going to give him a six on that one. All right. Do you have any other notables you want to mention? Uh, I have a couple. I'll just mention real quick. Uh, Wildfire um, had a really small booth layout. Really, we didn't cool, get to like talk camp- to him. Yeah, but I sort of. Yeah, yeah, really cool campfire little setup. So yeah. that was nice. Uh, got to see Jeremy in the bear suit on day four. Uh, oh wow! Over, over I, I'm so bad I didn't get to see Jeremy. I really do. Yeah, I mean, uh, he was in rough shape. I mean, I, it, it, it's probably a million degrees in that suit, and he looked like he was wearing all million degrees right. of it. So um yeah uh also i'll say um the stolen throne rojas booth with the those wagons uh-huh they were uh, nice that yeah pretty, that was pretty cool looking that was um, nice looking i like that i thought that was nice yeah um obviously the el septimo booth uh very extravagant um you know it was a big draw for them with those lighters um and the security there you know and the, the cognac and everything it, you know just something that was a draw that was going on um and then the espinosa booth with guy fieri there um is going to be a big deal so. Yeah, and I think Espinosa had a great boost, by the way, even without Guy Fieri there. I think they yeah. laid it out really nice this year. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they 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 do a good job. But I, I did think that the 10th anniversary stuff wasn't highlighted as much as I would have liked. But I think they were so focused on Fieri, I, I kind of understand it. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it seemed that. like it was kind of it was kind of sideways when you walked in. It was it, that was that was the one thing on that. Right. Um, I have a few that I'll add to this um ashton's booth was much better this year like a hundred times better this year yeah a hundred times better and they did a really nice job uh we missed our interview like we couldn't get to interview andy but um we did get a lot of help there from james who's, who's my local rep uh i thought they they laid everything out really nice it wasn't like the ashton booth of old but i think it's it was a much better improvement uh you know they were able to show they showed product this year, um, yeah. so I was I was pretty impressed with, with that one. Um, you know, who still had his usual booth setup, so there wasn't yeah. really any changes with JRE yep. as far as as that goes. Um, Casa Cuevas had a smaller booth this year. Yep, but I think it worked for what they had. Absolutely, yeah. Um, for sure, Crown Heads booth. Yeah, I like it as uh, much as last year's. 
it seemed too closed off to me. Yeah. Um, seemed like it was only kind of one way in, right? Like you had you had the booth that Luciano had for the wine kind of out front. Yeah. And then it was like there was like that was you know that was completely shelled off. Like you had to walk yeah. down the aisle and around the corner to get into the booth. Yeah. And then once you were in the booth, you saw like this like. Remember when you had you'd have to like go behind the curtain to see the well when you were a kid you'd go by the curtain and all the naughty movies were back there yeah I kind of felt like that's what that was right but right <laughs> if you were in the cool club you couldn't go back in there if you were underage you couldn't go back right, there right. but right uh, it just seemed like it was too I don't know one way in kind of a thing it was uh, it was a little weird I, I like what I I did like that um they had the back area though for the interviews that made life a lot easier. Right. Compared to like we were in the corners of the booth uh, the year before, but I thought having the corners of the booth gave the booth a little more identity. Like one side of the booth was an Ace Prime section, the other yeah. section was was a Crown Heads. You didn't quite have that feel. In fact, when I was doing booth shots, it's really it's just this combined booth. It's, it wasn't like Ace Prime here, Oz Gunner here, um, yeah. and yeah. Crown Heads. I actually thought Crown Heads got overshadowed this year by Ace Prime and and Oz Gunner. I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just think that they, you know, with from what they did. So, but, but, uh, but like I said, um, it was also slammed that booth when we were there. Yeah. How yeah. we got to Huber, Lucy, I, Miguel, Miguel was a huge help. I, I you know, I can't say enough about yeah. him. He, he helped us out a lot, and uh, you know, we we got to talk to all of them, which which was really really good on that. So I thought that was an um, like I said, but I did like last year's booth better. Um couple others i had here i wrote down um i liked i liked the grand habano booth uh i did a good job promoting the 20th mm -hmm. there um so i think that was good george actually got rid of the miami background because he wanted to focus on the 20th right um so i think he did a good job of focusing on that which i thought it was a solid booth uh i liked the illusioni booth this year a lot now yeah. it's the same layout but they did a good i don't know if you saw when when the when they had the rebrand you went in there and what was nice is there was a lot of information on the, the products. Like, yeah. so if someone couldn't help you right away, you could just read that and get a lot of information. Uh, and Dion talked to us this year, which was yeah. good. He interviewed <laughs> with us this year, Fred, like while they were doing the interview, I'm talking to Fred and I'm learning all about this Habano thing. Like, like, yeah. uh, so, I mean, it was the new Habano for it. So I, I was, I know everyone wasn't a fan of the packing. I did like it. I said, I, I was like, I think it was, um, I think it's just going to take some getting used to. And right. it's sounding like everything's get like Epernay is going to be next is from what, I, what they were telling us. So yeah, there's yeah. more stuff going on with that. Uh, um, as much as everybody says they love it. It's just, a, it, it hurt, hurts my heart a little bit. So. But, I get it. I, I get. I'm, it. I'm a. I know. I'm a cigar nerd. I know all the stuff. But, but we, we for the those, other people that. But it wasn't don't. bad. It wasn't bad. I understand. I understand. Yeah, I understand because I, I think it wasn't bad. The old stuff. I mean, I did yeah. like like that stuff, uh, as well. So I, I kind of get that. But you know, they, I get that too with the retail. Uh, Christoph cut the size of the booths a lot this year. It seemed yeah. Like. yeah. So I actually thought it was a little congested with that one. Uh, LaFleur had the standard boost. There was really yep. no changes with that. La Polina had the same boost as they always have. Yeah. Um, and uh, Miami Cigar, um, they just didn't have a lot of product this year at Miami right. Cigar, but I didn't think it was a bad setup. Uh, we talked to Ken Hamlin, by the way. That guy's awesome. He's nice. uh, La Aurora is making his cigars, so that's why yeah. he was there. Caffey was in the boost as well. So I wasn't mm. surprised there was an announcement with that. Um, 
Ovayanayer has the same boots every year the past year. It's, but, but it's fantastic. <laughs> but I love again. I love that they have the corners. Yeah. So there's a brand in each corner, and it's very easy to kind of navigate and see what the brands are. And they do a really good job at presenting the product. And they have that that kind of kiosk when you walk in, and then there's some tables. I I, I think it's a great booth. I think yep. it's a perfect booth for James. So I think that was a good one as well. Um, and quality importers boots actually was I thought um they had the same boots as well. Um, yeah. They did. I think they did a good job. I think having Michael there was a much bigger help this year. By the way. Oh yeah. Um, we we've always we got good help there in the past, but Michael could kind of take things into like a fifteen minute conversation and and right. go through everything. So so he did good with that one. Uh, and then, I mean, I thought obviously, I still think the best boost of the show is selected tobacco in my book. Um, I just thought that boost was amazing. Yeah, it was really nice. Um, really nicely put together. Yeah. Um, looks really good. Um, probably nine. That's probably the one nine I would have given. It was a really nice boost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, like I said, uh, that puts a bow, I think, on the show for sure for this year. Yeah. Um, and uh, we will go from there. All right. We went way over. So anything else? <laughs> nope. All right. Um, well, again, thanks to Eddie Guerra. Thanks to our audience. Thank you, Aaron. Um, programming notes. Um, we have a few shows coming up. Uh, Monday, Dave Burke and I are doing a uh, Jukebox episode 75. Um, he wanted so, so he wanted to do the perfect song, right? Right. But I kind of taken this like what we do with cigars and it's hard to get perfect. So I'm, I'm kind of going to say perfect or close to perfect. We're going to do. Um, so I I'm can very, say that- I'm very curious on this because this is, um, this is a difficult thing to do. Yeah. And I'm gonna, um, we're going to get into this a lot. Yeah. Are you guys just going, are you going with one or are you guys going with a list of like, these we're are all candidates to- for, a, for my taste kind of a thing. We're, we're, we're going with 10 each, uh, okay. but there's going to be some that are specialized picks. Okay. Like a be- he has like a best country one. I have a best disco one, but then there's but okay. But I'm being very clear on this is, I I don't think I I looked at his list already and I I know what my list is and none of um and no, none of mine is tens. None of this is perfect, uh. But I have ones that I think are very close that I would say are are, are very high rated ones, um for a lot of reasons. So, but I I don't I he may take I think he's gonna take a different angle on this one. Yeah. I think he's gonna say it's perfect, but I, I'm gonna say everything's close to perfect here. But like I don't, it's just like a hundred point cigar. It's kind of the same thing, you know. I, I can pick, I can pick a track and say, well, I don't, you know, there's something I don't like about it, you know, that it's not perfect. So, but this was yeah. his baby, so we're gonna, I'm gonna run with it. And we'll see what happens with that. It's it's a good concept, yeah. Because um, I, I mean, there 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 are some there are some fantastic songs out there, and I I think it would definitely be hard to pick one as yeah. the perfect song. But I think going maybe doing some genre stuff is probably a good a good way to yeah. go about it. A couple of mine I'm doing, uh, I'm going to be doing track decompositions with a couple of the ones I pick. Okay. So I've, uh, and I, I'm, I'm going to talk about it at a high level, but like I've listened to the individual tracks and how that, how it's mixed. So, so I'm going to go a little more at that angle. I think Dave's just going to go with like his favorites. <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah. uh, but we'll see how that, like I said, nothing I had on either of our lists, I'd say in my books at 10, but there's some good ones out there. So we'll yeah. see what happens with that. Uh, we have Omar DeFrias on, Special edition 124 on Tuesday. Um, we didn't interview Omar at the show. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a lot of questions I have for Omar, particularly on the vice versa. Right. So uh, I want to answer. And then next week, 
Uh, we have a first time guest for 236. Yes. Uh, Jared uh, Maselli from Favilli is going to be the guest. Yeah. So um, I've actually been very interested in what this whole transformation they've done as a company. So yeah. um, I'm excited to talk to them about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you haven't smoked any of it yet, right? I've smoked. I've not smoked any of the newly rebranded stuff. No. Yeah, I, I smoked one of them, and I was like, "This is, I was, this is the right direction I need to go in." Is what I'll just say. Good. Good. Yeah, so we'll have Jared on next week. Um, as far as that goes. Nice. All right, and uh, that's it. I think that's it for this week. Yep. All right. So thanks everybody. This is gonna wrap up primetime episode two thirty five into the annals of history for Thursday, July twenty first, two thousand twenty two. Now July twenty second on the East Coast. We'll see everybody next week. Take care, everybody. See you guys.